Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damas Leary. And today we'll be discussing the latest show in our recommend category, season two of Orange is the New Black. Hey, doing Damask? I am wonderful. Oh, that's excellent. Back for our first sort of normal podcast. No yeah, Liam. Right. Liam's gone away somewhere else, gone back He's into the He's doing his own podcast. Ooh. What's that podcast called, by the way? It's called catching, catching up with Matt and Liam. Matt and Liam. I think they're just trying to do uh, Sean to catching up, but to find it, it's called catching up with Matt and Liam. It's a show in which, uh, oh, for those who don't know, this is my brother Liam. I'm talking about Liam Gordis. He's been on the podcast a few times. If this is your first time listening, I'm just going to spruik his show for a second. Um, he's doing a podcast, a movie podcast, um, about showing his friend Matt, um, who has has a like we talk about our. Uh, sort of hole in our TV viewing history. His movie viewing history holes are gigantic. Things like Die Hard and The Big Lebowski and stuff like that. It kind of makes me question whether he like grew up in a kind of Kimmy Schmidt type of situation in which he was just like in a bunker. Yeah. For about 13 years. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Or some sort of, yeah, yeah uh, cultish s- yeah, scenario, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. It's the only explanation. It's the only thing I can think of. Uh, or Tasmania. Um, that's a joke just for Australians. <laughs> no one else would get that. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to listen to that, it's actually quite quite enjoyable and quite funny. They're short episodes as well. They're nice, quick little things. Um, and then you get to talk about awesome show- movies like Die Hard. Uh, you can find that. Search your podcasting stuff-ish, iTunes, whatever, for catching up with Matt and Liam to check that out. Uh, all right, let's get into things. Spoiler warning, on this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 and 2 of Orange is the New Black. If you've not yet watched Orange is the New Black... Pause the podcast, watch it, and then come back and join us. Otherwise, proceed with caution. Spoilers ahead. You have been warned. A quick breakdown of Season 2 of Orange and the New Black. It retains much of the same cast as Season 1, with the notable inclusion of Yvonne V. Parker, played by Lorraine Toussaint, a returning inmate and rival of the disenfranchised Red. Season 2 consists of 13 episodes, each coming in at around 57 minutes, with the exception of a one-and-a-half-hour season finale. That hit me when I was like, mm-hmm, okay, only got an hour left, <laughs> an hour 30. Fuck. Yeah. And took us approximately 13 hours to watch. Damask, could you please give us a story synopsis? I would love to. Is Penzatucky dead? That was the question we were left with when the first season of Orange is the New Black ended and we're still in the dark just as Piper is as she's whisked away in the night to a maximum security facility. Alex has been sent there too, but it's not for the reasons Piper thinks. 
It's to testify in court against the drug kingpin that land them in jail in the first place. Should Piper tell the truth or hold her tongue? This is a moral dilemma and one of many that the Litchfield inmates will have to face. Of course, Piper chooses to lie her butt off, but Alex betrays her one last time, giving the prosecution what they want and securing her freedom. Piper has left her own devices and sent back to Litchfield to deal with life alone. The ladies we love are living life as per usual, when a new arrival appears. Although she's not entirely unfamiliar to the ways of Litchfield, she is V, and she was once top dog in these parts. The only one aware of her true intentions, and just how devious those intentions are, is Red. She's fought this foe before, but V is also a little familiar to Tasty as well. And while Tasty may not be aware of the true depths of depravity within V, she does know she's not the kind of lady to trifle with. V is the only mother figure Tasty has ever known, and V will cash in that loyalty, because everything is a commodity in her eyes. Tasty will be forced to turn her back on two things she loves, the library and Pussy. Isolation is key when abusing and manipulating, and V is a pro. She uses these skills to dominate the other women, to build Suzanne up just enough to transform her into an attack dog, to shame Black Cindy enough to get her to bow her head, and to gain enough power so Watson doesn't feel so victimised. She'll use her girls to make the Black Ladies the lords of their domain, with her sitting safely atop the throne. She uses a band of badass pensioners and a greenhouse with a secret tunnel that even the Weasley twins would be proud of to get an upper hand. Thanks to the magical tunnel, Red is able to snuggle treats in directly from Hogsmeade, a couple of licorice wands, fizzing whizbees and cauldron cakes later, and she has her family back! Yay! Meanwhile, Piper is on the trail of corruption and embezzling. As the prison slowly crumbles around the inmates and COs, Fig prances about in Louboutins. Something fishy is going on. But Piper isn't the only one concerned about the state of things. Sister Ingalls, new inmate Soso and Yoga Jones are on a hunger strike, hoping to draw attention to the inhumane treatment of inmates. But of course it's hard to get people to care about criminals, particularly when a hurricane looms over Litchfield and all of New York. As the clouds grow darker, things begin to unravel. Watson is thrown in shoe again, and on release the toll of isolation weighs heavily on her. Pusey takes up drinking, having lost her support and confidant. She destroys all of V's inventory, causing V to realise that Tasty really isn't worth all that hassle. Pornstash returns briefly, only to be removed again, this time in handcuffs, when Bennett lies and says he is the father of Di's baby. Sister Ingalls is force-fed through tubes, removing her right to protest. One of the Golden Girls mistakenly shivs an innocent bystander in the war between V and Red. And by golly, this hurricane sure is a shitstorm. Could things get any darker? You betcha! Cleaning up after the storm has ravaged her greenhouse, Red is confronted by V. Taking the wise advice of Flucker from a previous episode, she uses the old lock in a sock trick to show Red who's boss. V's dirty tricks don't stop there. She then pins the violent attack on her most loyal subject, Suzanne, who, too trusting for her own good, is convinced she is to blame. Fig, who's now aware that her embezzling is soon to come out, attempts to banish Piper to Virginia under the guise of a prisoner transfer. But Piper has made a home in Litchfield and won't give up that easily. She hands over all the information to Caputo, and now he's the big man in charge. After seeing V's treatment of Suzanne, the other girls turn on V. She's on the outer and her days are numbered. She crawls through Red's tunnel and hitchhikes to freedom. JK, she gets squashed on the highway by the biggest badass the show has ever seen, Miss Rosa. 
Also, there's some uh, honourable mentions, I guess. Uh, Healy becomes a therapist and Pensatucky's soul is as clean and new as her teeth. Big Boo is Judas, apparently. Gloria is a badass but keeps her nose clean in the kitchen. And yeah, Suzanne's flashback is as heartbreaking as we all knew it was going to be. Also, can we please, please, please get rid of Larry and Polly? Thank you very much. The end. I'm hoping we do. I'm ho- Surely this is the end. <laughs> How can there be more story with Larry and Polly? They are basically completely disenfranchised with Piper or anyone that has anything to do with Litchfield. Why would they still be in the fucking show in season three? <laughs> no comment. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get into it. General thoughts on the show. I'm going to start with my own because I'm, I'm interested in your perspective as someone who's seen it more than once now. Mm-hmm. Generally, I enjoyed it. I don't think I was necessarily as riveted by it as I was with season one. And I talked about that in the first time I tried to watch through season one, I stopped at episode five, but after that I found myself really engaged in it. I didn't it started to drag in the middle and even towards the end, as the sort of the drama was starting to like um build, it 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 wasn't always pulling me through as well as last season was, for whatever reason. Um, I thought the show didn't always play to its strengths either, either in a lot of ways. I think there's two major criticisms I think I had. And I've heard this a bit lately, and I haven't seen a heap of Netflix stuff yet. I still haven't seen any of the um, Defenders stuff, like the Marvel stuff yet. But a key criticism I keep hearing is a lot of people starting to think that some of those seasons are two to three episodes too long. And I reckon this season was two to three episodes too long. Yeah, the episodes are so long in length that once you then have 13 of them, 13 hours of that of that drama, it was just like, this is being stretched too thin. Yeah. And um, also, I just thought in a lot of ways, it was getting very TV showy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I, don't, I, think, I think the strengths of this season were the flashbacks were really good. Like every single one of them I was interested in this time around. Well, there's a couple in last season was like, eh, whatever. I loved pretty much all of them in this season. Uh, a lot of the stuff in the prison was interesting. I'm glad that Piper was less the focus this season in general. Um, but then there were just some things just felt very like, I don't know, I've been here before seeing this. This feels like a, it almost felt like a. I guess something we'll get to in a bit, but it almost felt like a. It was so self-contained as a season. It was almost like there was a big bad that entered like Buffy and was dead by the end of the season. <laughs> it was like yeah, that's. I think that's similar to um a lot of my feelings. I mean, I love season one, as you know, as our listeners know. I mean, I've watched it a billion love times. It. I have. Love love. We don't have the right. Shut up. Um. This season, like season two, I've only ever watched once before. Ooh. I have never rewatched it. Have you rewatched any of the later seasons? No, I haven't. Okay, so this is yeah. this is the first time rewatching this yes. or any of the later seasons. Okay, cool. And I remember on our last Orange is the New Black podcast, you were talking about episode length and how stories would get lost and like sometimes you would like forget something and by the end of it they would bring it up. You're like, oh yeah, that happened in this episode. That was happening to me frequently. Um, this season in which I just I couldn't really track what was happening from episode to episode mm. and, like what was um, what the stories were contained in each episode I mean you, you could ask me what happened in episode five and tell me one storyline and be like oh what else happened and I couldn't tell you I yeah. really I would not be able to tell you at all the episodes felt way too long yeah they the really season do felt too long there as were, well there were lots of times I'd be watching an episode and I'd go to like do the little wiggle with a mouse or something to see how long they were going to go fuck there's still 30 minutes in this episode I why just, is this I just wrapping stopped up? doing that because I just because I, I, otherwise I couldn't like 
make myself watch it. Right. Because I would just be like, oh, it feels really hard to get through this. Mm. Uh, and also I agree with the big bad of this season. I have – I think she's – the actress uh, – what, what's her name again? Sorry. L- uh, Lorraine Toussaint. Let me go back. Yes, Lorraine Toussaint. Toussaint. I believe it's um, Toussaint. I think she's incredibly talented and she does some pretty like heavy lifting um, for this character. I have a real problem with V though. Cool. Let's get to that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Let's get to some discussion points. Um, uh, I'm going to go to a few we should go, I want to go through first. Um, they'll probably cross over a few of them with yours anyway, but we'll see how we go. Uh, let's just start talking about the first episode and how the season sort of starts, which is we've been left at the end of the last season with um, Piper being the living snot out of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And this season starts with her in the shoe being taken out, uh, not knowing where she's going to be going. Uh, put on a bus, put on a plane, and eventually find out that she's going to be taken to Chicago mm-hmm. and is staying there for we don't know how long for a while, but that she's actually there to sit in the trial against this drug kingpin that yeah. Alex has been working for. What did you make of this episode? I remember when I first watched it and I, the big, particularly the beginning of this episode, I really enjoyed the Piper not knowing what's going on, mm-hmm. being so confused, everything's happening really fast. I thought that was a really exciting way and reinvigorating way to start the season. So I really enjoyed that part. I also loved that um, the character of Lolly, who's played by Laurie Petty, who's from A League of Their Own, who's the lady sitting next to her in the plane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. love I love her just because I love League of Their Own. Um, so it was really cool to see her. I thought I had some great humor in it and I thought it was like really brave to have the first episode just about Piper mm. considering like how much we all loved the ensemble from the previous season I did not like the flashbacks I thought they were so when I'm trying she's, to remember the flashbacks when she's a little girl and she finds out about her dad cheating and she realizes oh, being honest yeah. isn't about that always one. the right way to go I was just like okay that's could we not think of a more interesting flashback sure um but I liked it. Over other than that, I really liked it. I thought, and the Alex betrayal. The first time I watched that, I gasped. I'm like, "How could you?" Did you see it coming though? Did no, you but think I'm that was an idiot. Happen? You know these things. Yeah. Um. What what we what do you think about it? I I liked it too. I really like the mystery of it. I mean, I, I'm sitting there just most of the time, just going, "How the fuck does this happen? Yeah. How the and fuck I was thinking, does like, someone how does this that put in a plane and not know where they're going? Yeah, how is that, that is terrifying possible? in and of itself. But then I was just like. She, yeah, she's asking all these questions. No one's telling her. No one, but no one on that plane knew either. That no one on that plane knew. No that one could track. say how anything. is that possible that no one on that fucking plane? Yeah. I mean, could she, just say you go to Chicago. Yeah, she even says that she's like, you can't just put me on a bus in the middle of the night. Like I have human rights, and they just push her on the bus anyway. And just at what point? So at some stage, they shouldn't have to figure out where they're going by looking at the window. Someone's got to say it. Someone is. Someone says it. Someone goes, "Oh, the Chicago." Oh, okay, we're going to Chicago at least. It's like maybe it's part of like part it, of the power trip of like you don't get anything. I also wondered whether it was possible that she did know, or she'd been told at some stage, but she was so fucked up from the shoe that she'd forgotten some details and mm. stuff. Maybe there was. I don't think that's necessarily the actual reading, but I was yeah. at the time I was trying to figure it out. It's like how can you not? Due process suggests at some stage you've got to be told. Um, and that so, she- maybe because of um, safety reasons, they're not allowed to be told where they're going. Because they're going to be in. Maybe. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I would like an interesting, uh, a definitive answer on Whether that's... what the policy is there. Well, things like because of like what this, what I've learned from the world of this show is that even if it's like illegal for them not to tell them, doesn't mean that they're going to tell them. Yeah, you know, like they, you know, it's it's all about power trips and kind of. There's that discussion at the start. What are they talking? Oh, they can't call them bitches anymore. They have to call them hoochies. Hoochies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You mean it's Gucci, like, I think is let's just term? make let's just make men all evil vile people straight away. <laughs> I mean, that's art just imitating life, isn't it? Not all men. Fight the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that by the way, the not all men thing. Don't, that was don't a come joke. after me. That, that was, was a joke. <laughs> Hashtag not all men, that's a joke. It's a joke? It's a joke. It did Hashtag Gamergate. Yeah. It oh god. <laughs> now you know it's a joke. Yeah. Uh, One would hope so. Oh yeah. God. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, and that was and that, so that stuff was interesting. The betrayal of Alex didn't surprise me at all. I mean, it surprised me in the sense that it surprised me that she was just not going back to Litchfield. Like, oh shit, Alex is not in this season or is out of this season. Yeah. I mean, I knew even the first time that I watched it that Laura Prepon. I'm sorry, Prepon. Prepon. Laura Prepon. Prepon. I feel like it's Prepon, but Prepon. I could be okay. way wrong. Um, we are really bad at names. <laughs> we are. Um, Said Broderick and Damask, what a bunch of losers. Um, yeah, I mean, I knew that she wasn't going to be back for season two full term. Oh, okay. Because that was all over, like, the news. Like, it, oh. it was just, I mean, not CNN, but, you know, the pop culture <laughs> sites that I visit. It was it was just everywhere that she wasn't going to be back full time. There's all these rumors oh, as to why she wasn't coming back, whether it had something to do with, like, her religion. Um, her religion? Well, she's a Scientologist and they think gay people are perverts. So, people were like, oh, is that why? I... It turned out it was probably just a scheduling thing because she's back for later seasons. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, I knew she wasn't going to be there full time. I did not expect her to be gone in the first episode. Yeah. And I didn't think she would be free. I was like, "What? wait, so she's just gone forever? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that's huge for Piper. That's huge for the show and the dynamic of the show because their relationship was a huge part of season huge one. Huge part of it. Yeah. So that um, at any point did you think that this is just it? That Piper is just in a completely new prison? Because I, yes. I, I thought I mean, she I might be there for. I couldn't understand ex- how or why they would do that, but I was like, oh my god, they're doing that! Oh my god, they're doing that! The reason being, they set up a lot of characters. Yeah. Like, like there's a, there's a whole setup. It's almost like were they playing a spinoff? Was mm. there meant to be like? Or I was thinking, well, if she's, got, I, I, I knew she was going back because I, there's a l- couple of things I've gleaned just knowing that we have to go back to Litchfield in some capacity, mm. right? Um, but I was like, maybe she's here for half a season or something like that, or this whole season. But no, she's back in episode three. Yeah. <laughs> um, back in Litchfield. Yeah. We as viewers are back by episode two, but she's back by episode but three. But she's back in episode yeah. three. Uh, cool. All right. So we both enjoyed that first episode. Let's just talk about episode two for a second. An entire episode with zero Piper. Zero Piper. And it worked Totally fine. It was, yeah, it was completely fine. That's why I think, I mean, I don't think it should, but if the creators so wanted to, once Piper's sentence is over and she's gone, they could totally continue the show. So she went in, just to, I just want to clarify this detail. They said she had eight months left at one stage and she went in with Mm. 18 months. Is that right? She had 18 months sentence, I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. So she got through, so it's been 10 months since between season one and season two. Because by the end, Mm. towards the end of season two... I think Capote or Cap- what's his name? Caputo. Caputo was saying um, eight months or something like that left. So I was like, oh, okay, we've actually got through mm, half her term that already. Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, uh, she that was said at some stage anyway. 
So yeah, I, that did come up in my head. Like, oh, she could just be out of here. I part of me thinks that they'll find a way to extend her sentence. If- well, that's that's the thing. You can always do that. Be like, oh, you did something wrong. Uh, You've got another year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's just add on to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it can't be too serious that she gets sent to maximum, though. You have to find that balance. Yeah, that gotta- she gets to say in minimum security. They always seem to find an excuse to like. Oh, you're not being transferred yeah, anymore, yeah. or you're not like whatever. <laughs> oh, you're, you, right you're here. definitely leaving, Piper. Oh, you're not leaving. You're not leaving. Yeah. You're going anyway. Uh, but yeah, I definitely agree. You don't need Piper for this show to work, and that episode proved it. And I can totally see other episodes where she is not even. She's like D story Mac. She's she is one of the background people who yeah, has a she comment. Is not a real then- focus of this season at all, and it doesn't hurt the season. That I mean. That much. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of some of the stories that we do see, mm. but that's not because Piper is missing in those scenes. It's just because I don't think they're particularly strong I, I stories. Mean, she's still a focus. She's still got plenty going on, but she's not the focus. Yes, I would say yes. she's not certainly not like she was last season. No, no, no. Um, but she's definitely she's definitely not gone. Let's talk about some of those other storylines then, and let I just want to start by let's talk about and you've already sort of suggested uh, you've got some thoughts on this anyway. Just the character of V. Mm. So, talk to me about V. <laughs> v is such a strong, commanding presence um, that I find her not particularly, yeah, not particularly compelling. The exact thought I had yeah. was that- I think because and yeah, I, I yeah I found her two D. I think that's a great way to put it. Um, I'm fine with having a villain of the piece, and I think well. Some reviewers and recappers um, last season thought Penzataki was too cartoonish. Yeah. Sure, she had heightened emotions. She was very dramatic. She was over the top. But we saw a real humanity there, particularly mm-hmm. in her flashbacks and she had moments of vulnerability. Even, we even don't, yeah. The way that people make fun of her sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Or that she was, just wasn't smart enough to yeah. understand she was being made fun of. V is impenetrable. Yeah. In that I can only surmise that she is a sociopath. And then if that is the character you're writing, you need to find a way to make them a little bit more interesting. Um, I need to see some different layers there. I need to see depths of that depravity, I guess, um, that just doesn't – yeah, she was just kind of like this big bully that no one could touch. She was just awful. She Yeah, she felt one note to me and I was really disappointed because I think this show, it's such a show of rich characters that it's really – um, not what's the word I'm looking for? Disappointing. It's or- disappointing to see a plot device. Yes, that's it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's my opinion of V. I wholeheartedly agree. It's like I think like her effect on the show is good in a lot of ways. Like she, yeah, she drives some great stories. She drives plot. She drives stories definitely, specifically with Red and the other yeah. black. Yeah, but she herself yeah. is yeah. Two-dimensional. She comes in fully formed, even in her flashbacks. Like, I was like, it'd be great to see her, why, how she came the way she became. Yes, but that would be fantastic. But we don't. She just was. She just always was that yeah, way, This, as far this as can tell. force that, um, you know, can't be stopped. She was doing the exact same things with Red that she's doing now. And so, we, we find out more about Red through that, but I didn't learn anything new about V. It's just that, yeah, I find that... Yeah, it's just I just find that disappointing and boring. That mm. if she, because because she's such a force in this season, to have her just be predictably 
awful. Yeah. Like, there are twists there. I didn't... I had a feeling she might have been involved in the death of... RJ. RJ. Or, like... I, I like, But the thing is, once you know someone's bad, it just stops like, being interesting. Oh, they did a bad thing, right. What, like, so, you know how he had a problem with Walter White is that early on, we mm. both were just like, I'm not surprised that Walter White does yeah. bad things. He does bad things. Yeah. I just... Nothing she did shocked yeah, me. He, yeah. It just was like, okay, V did that because V is V. And I think you can have a yeah, a really strong character like that. But the thing is like pe- you know, people like Tasty like could see her as a mother figure and Suzanne was like charmed by her. And I think you can make that character really interesting. Someone who does have a really maternal energy and a caring energy that like draws like lonely people in. Um even that, but she was just she was cold, and you could see right through as a viewer her manipulations. That yeah. I could I couldn't really understand the charm. So when someone like Tasty turns her back on Pusse, it's kind of like, what are you doing? This does, like, and I get like the loyalty thing, but I don't think that was um, justified by what we saw on screen. I think if they want to delve into Tasty turning her back on her, you know, her fa- her family inside Pusse, I need to see way more of a real bond and connection to V. What would have been good at least, and I think they sort of start to go there, but they back away from it, is suggest that she's dependent on having people around her. Like like what happens v towards is. the end. V is, right? Yeah. They, towards the end, the other black inmates start to sort of like um, say like, you, you don't function unless you've got like an army or something or people around you. But... But they say themselves, like, you'll just find someone else. And she's like, I'll just find someone else. And we're like, yeah, you'll just find someone else. And it's it's not that she's worried. She's not panicked. She's not any lesser for it. She just goes, ah, this one's done and dusted. I'll move on. And um... <laughs> Boo. She'll just... Um... Yeah, she's done and dusted with that group and she'll just, will move on and she didn't seem phased by it at all. And like you said, that makes her a sociopath. She's not human. She doesn't have emotions really. Um, and that's just really not that interesting. Yeah, it's it's really not. Um, I we- mean, it was, yeah, like, like I said, she's a great, she is a good plot device because we see, mm. yeah, different shades of Suzanne, which is fantastic. We do see different shades of of tasty um and we we see different shades of pussy as well so in that way i appreciated her presence in the season but yeah because because everyone else is so rich it's really kind of jarring to see someone who isn't do we think in any way it's the I don't, it doesn't sound like you did because you said so early don't think it's the actress's performance at all i don't i, I agree i don't think it's got anything to do with the performance i think she's doing yeah. exactly what yeah, she's what been told el- is meant to do yeah what else could she do no. <laughs> with what she had there was and i think she, I think she did a fantastic job. I really do. Yeah, I agree. I, I enjoyed her performance for what it was. It just wasn't enough character there. Yeah. Uh, just while we're here, actually, let's talk about villains for a second. Did you feel that the show was missing the presence of its villains in this? Apart from, obviously, V's there. But I think two of the main villains from last season, to a degree, were Alex and... Pornstash. Pornstash, yeah. And both of them are absent for the vast majority of this season. And I got about eight or nine episodes in just before Pornstash came back, actually. And I kept thinking to myself, I think this show is missing those two a little bit. I, yeah, I agree with the Pornstash thing. I mean, it's not like I'm like, oh, yay, I really need Pornstash. But it, there is, there's something about that sick 
power dynamic that he brings into it. Yeah. That is a huge part of prison life, particularly for women, um, that it, it makes it scary, but in, even though he's a ridiculous character, in a real way. Yep. Um, so, yeah, no, I know I agree with that. I think, and I think that's why there's that lull in the middle. Yeah, he's also... Because the focus is, like, V is the bad one. But V isn't... Uh, one, people either don't know that she's a bad a baddie, so there's no real tension there, or some characters just don't have any kind of relationship with her at all, yeah. so there's no tension there. Yeah. So, it's really only, like, her and V and her and... Sorry, her and Red and her and Pussy that kind of have, like, a bit of tension really that I can think of. I mean, I, there are others. There are I mean, certain people. There's a bit people, of Gloria, but she doesn't really want to get involved with any of that nonsense. At one point I thought it was going to happen. I was like, okay, we've got our three like mob bosses with mm. Gloria and Red and me. And I was a bit where I was like, this could be really interesting. And then Gloria sort of. She's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. She's like, you're both scorpions. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, But see, Porn Stash is interesting as a villain because he is very cartoonish bad guy in a lot of Mm. ways. He's also, for whatever reason, a little more interesting because he's a bit more vulnerable in some ways. He's sad. Like, he is so lonely. Yeah. Um, And as much as his, like, toxic masculinity, as we've spoken about before, Mm -hmm. affects the women around him, it also affects him. Absolutely, Like, it's very damaging to him as a person as well. And that's, that's interesting. It's the same kind of stuff with Healy. As much as Healy is deplorable and awful... God, he's laid, and I find him so, so interesting. Well, that I was going to get to that as well. The other two villains from last season were Healy and Penzataki. And Penzataki, I couldn't believe how diminished her role was. Yeah. I was really, really sad about that. And I wondered if it was a reaction to what you were saying, people were saying about her last mm. season, that people thought she was overplayed or was cartoonish. I just kept going, Penzataki needs to be in the show more. She gave so much life to the show when she was in it, and she's just been... So diminished in her Sideline. role. I, and I think that happened to a couple of characters. The other one, and I agree with what you're saying about Pensataki, she was, yeah, sidelined, which is so sad because she has some of the best lines. She's such a funny character. But that also happens with, like, Sophia. We barely see any Sophia at all. And uh, she was, like... Sophia doesn't have a whole lot story-wise going on, but by episode three... Because I thought episode two I was like, where's Sophia? Mm. I was just like, where is she? Um, yeah, she has no, no role to play, but I... Like I enjoyed when she was in the show, and I remember oh, of her being. Of course, shown. but like, but that's the same with Pensataki. Pensataki is there. She has scenes with Healy. Um, so she has scenes with Healy and with the other white inmates. Oh yeah, the, like, the methods. That's it. Where was she? Needed more scenes with like Piper. She needed like she has like one. The bit where they have to force to hug. Like, yeah, but I don't. Yeah. Like that's. I'm sorry. That's but a, so, but, how do you drop that ball same, completely? Yeah, I. I think they were just so excited about the V Red thing that things just. I mean, the ensemble is huge, but I. But I think it's the same for Sophia though. I think she had the one good scene with her son, which was lovely. She had one scene with Piper where she like kind of checked her privilege a little bit. She's like, you know, I never got closure with my dad, um, but yeah, grandmothers are important too. Um, and she's like here and there for a couple of scenes, but. Yeah, she's not really a player in this season. Sure. Uh, yeah, you're right. I guess I just felt that she was at least more a part of the fabric of the show. Sophia would be... She was a part of the community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I felt her yeah. being around more. She was with lots of characters. She was with Red at one stage. She was with uh, Gloria at one stage, I think. She was like... Because... Yeah, I, I just felt that she was more yeah. interweaved into um, everybody. Yeah. I think maybe with Penzataki because she is such a big character that maybe they were struggling to find a place for her to fit. 
Well, they put, they sort of paired her up with Healy, basically, mm. and they almost tried to redeem both of them in a way. And I don't think re- I don't think necessarily it's full redemption, but like Healy. I uh, yeah, I mean I I mean I've this is you know one of my questions and also in my notes around this subject mm. is um, Healy's complete inability and yet pursuit of redemption. Yeah, and I think it's kind of. Um, maybe not not so much, but it's sort of similar with Penzataki, uh, but more so with Healy is just like there truly are good intentions there, and I think his his perception of the world and perspective of the world tells him that he's doing the true and good and right thing most of the time, but he just doesn't have the capabilities to do good things. He's just like, he just doesn't have the facilities. He's too petty. He's too, yeah. He is so extremely stunted that it's just not possible for him. And yet he keeps trying and just failing miserably because of his own shortcomings. And I find that fascinating. It was definitely interesting. Like I, Mm. uh, I did like what they were doing with Healy. I just sort of raised an eyebrow a couple of times. It's like, what are you trying to achieve here? Like, as in the character or the writers? The writers. Like, where are we? Where? Where? What? Where are you going with this? Especially, I just guess, I don't know. Feels like they dropped a hot potato with Pensatucky and Healy a little bit, and like they went somewhere with it, but it just like it was so so hot, and then it's. I don't know. We missed opportunity to really yeah, go I, somewhere with that. Yeah, I think they let it go for Deflated. too long that it it got cold, um, which is insane because it's they a have thir- came up with it. Yeah, no, sorry, but they have thirteen hours. Yes, yeah, to deal with this it. kind of stuff. You're right, and, and we spend twelve of those hours apparently with Larry and Polly. Good God, why? <laughs> I want to come back to those in a moment. <laughs> Kind of want to stick with the villains just quickly, yeah, just course, to get to one. Sorry, I decided to put that in. No, no, that's fine. No, we'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, just because we're talking about V for a second, we're talking about villains and sort of those sorts of things. How do you feel? This is I'm skipping ahead a bit on the Miss Rosa stuff here, which I do want to talk about. Miss Rosa, the the very last moments of the episode, specifically mm. a a Rosa escaping, which I liked, mm-hmm. but then. Her choosing to run over V, mm-hmm. V's like unintentionally hilarious death. That is one of the <laughs> that most- That made me laugh so much the first time I watched like it. It like something out of fucking Team America. <laughs> like it's a rag doll just being shoved into the air. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so It's like the first awkward. scary movie when the parents like run over their daughter and it's just a Barbie being thrown yeah, in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks just like that. Yeah. Um, and then- to, again, to skip ahead, the Miss Rosa turning into like young Miss Rosa. Young Miss Rosa. Zero subtlety. I did not need that to understand that she was recapturing her past her life. Use, yeah. I did not need... Who needs that? <laughs> Give your audience some credit. That is mm. so fucking on the nose. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It ruins... Honestly, I think like it really puts... Tarnishes a pretty cool moment for Miss Rosa. But, okay, let's go to the V for a second. Mm. The problem with that ending is there's nothing, there's no poetic irony to her death at all. Like, there's there's just nothing about it that is interesting. Miss Rosa gets out. They've had one interaction where she was rude to her. And she goes, oh, so rude. Uh, mm. But it's like, is that enough? Is that ironic enough a death for that villain? Is she is also... Is it meaningful is, enough for that villain? Is she also... I'm assuming she's dead. She might not be. Is she also, Rosa, I'm speaking of, interviewed about Red, like, B, 
being assaulted. Um, she, I think she 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 suspects scene, right? that she get does get interviewed and she suspects that it was V. She's like, I feel like everyone knows that she it's v. outright says it's V. Everyone knows it's V. Yeah. Everyone knows it's V. So I think she understands that this woman is dangerous and she thinks she's rude. And Rose is a badass and she yeah, no, I mean she without a thought pointed on her first robbery, pointed to that guard and tried to shoot him. She just didn't have any bullets. So it doesn't shock me that she would like kill someone. It's not necessarily it's not necessarily why Rosa did it. Right. It's what does it say you mean like about thematically? Thematically and, for yeah, right. V, what are you achieving? By okay, V escapes. She's out on the run. Oh no, she gets run over by Miss Rosa. Cool. I just can't think of. There's no. You need like some sort of connection there. Oh, I just, I just needed some more motivation. Except that Miss Rosa didn't like this person. She barely knew and ran her over. Mm. Like, there's just not enough. Yeah. Miss Rosa can do it because she's a badass and that's fine. It doesn't take away from Miss Rosa necessarily. I but mean, it I kind doesn't... of like that V was killed by someone that she deemed incredibly, like, unimportant. Because I, it's, I... it's all about, like, people that she can use and stuff. So, I, like, I lo- yeah, I get that's what you're the saying. Thing. I want someone who is actually a really affected by her more than just had to move the mm. table that she was on. Yeah, I mean, it, re- it didn't really... Bother me that there wasn't a connection there. I didn't need a connection there so much. I I just thought to me it summed up how uh, lacking in mm. anything interesting V was because they couldn't come up with a yeah, truly okay. interesting yeah, right. way for this character mm. to die. Mm. It was so silly, I think. It looks silly and it yeah. feels yeah, unearned. Yeah, no, that, that is interesting because... Once again, you have 13 hours. Why not put a little bit more in the fact that V dismisses the older women or like the people that she can't use and manipulate and that includes Rosa? Yeah. Why not put that in there? And so then when one of them kills her, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I I totally, yeah, no. I I didn't feel it in the moment, but no, I agree with you. I do. Yeah. I think that would be a harder finish. Yeah. A stronger finish. It just summed up to me this disappointing character, unfortunately. Um, so Larry and Polly, (laughs) let's talk about Lolly, as I like to call them, (sighs) or Parry. Let's go with Lolly. Lolly's a good name. No, because Lolly's the character name of the lady in the plane and I like her. I don't want the negative association. Sure. Let's go with Porry then. Porry. Porry. (laughs) That's just as disgusting a name that they deserve. It's (laughs) so gross. (laughs) So, uh, I feel you have thoughts about this. Uh, Damask. No, I'm completely uh, neutral about it. Don't, <laughs> don't uh, have any kind of opinion. My what a waste of fucking time. Oh, my God. How dare you? How dare you make me sit through like 50 plus minutes of every episode and we need like a solid 10 minutes on Larry every episode? It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It, his storyline with Piper could have been done in her furlough a five minute scene and you could have had that heavy impact of like I love you I love you too like it's over and that like heartbreaking moment of like when you know like a relationship is done what more do we need and I totally agree with what you said in season one about you can still have the same impact on Piper just through phone calls and that kind of thing or like and visits you do not need so much time on the outside world who cares no one cares absolutely not one person that has ever watched this show cares 
and I and I they know it. They know it as well. They've, they've read the press. They absolutely know that no one cares. And I think they're just being polite to like Piper Kerman who wrote it, just being nice to like her husband's Larry, whatever, trying to be like give him some kind of time. I don't know, but it's just awful and I'm really upset about it. It makes me wonder if there was like, are there contractual agreements? Is Jason maybe. Biggs like signed up to do 13 episodes? Yeah, maybe he, ha- he has to be a series regular or yeah, whatever. Yeah, at this point that's where his contract like stated and they realised after season one, it's like, oh, this, we need to ditch this. We need to wrap this up and get rid of it. I genuinely hope they're not in the show anymore. Uh, don't tell me. I'm, I'm looking forward to find... No, no, do tell me. Are they- no, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, damn it. I just... The, the the biggest sin to me is it's it couldn't be m- less this show like yes it, thank you it's from some NBC fucking rom-com like this mommy like New York sense of humor and like bam 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 ooh banter 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 I'm like this is as like asexual and not charming as anything I've ever seen because it is in juxtaposition to amazingly funny women and great like relationship intricate relationships in prison. Why am I seeing these two pasty egg whites mashed up against each other? I don't want to see it. It's boring. It's uninteresting. It's a waste of fucking time. Yeah, you've got stories about an aged uh, ex-bank robber who now has terminal cancer, who, you know, is going to die in prison and what that's about, mixed with fucking B-grade rom-com. Oh, I can see your nipple because you're breastfeeding. Awkward. It's just, it doesn't belong in the show. Oh, we're sitting next to like an old lady and we're having like a cutesy fake conversation about how we're actually in a relationship and we named our kids something weird. That's it. It just couldn't be, it couldn't be any less like done and wrote and stale in a show that is doing things that are so much more interesting. There's so many good, interesting characters that we've not seen before on television. And you're putting in fucking, not even Harry Met Sally. That's underselling it. It's fucking. When Harry Met Sally is incredible. 27 Dresses, what's it called? I don't know. 27 Dresses. That's pretty, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. That's that's a good comparison. That's it? I haven't seen (laughs) it. I was just like, what? The most like, Yeah. Most like written Basic. by like the title was written first. It was like <laughs> then they went okay. We need two stars in this. Let's get Matthew McConaughey and fucking is it Catherine Heigl in Catherine that one? Catherine Heigl, yeah. And like because they're hot right now. And uh, fucking get whatever his name. Four people to write this script together. Yeah. That's done. Shit out one draft. Excellent. Shoot it. It's going to take <laughs> us three weeks to shoot. It's done. It's out. If I can get it out for Valentine's, we'll make a shit ton of money. Yeah. That sort of script. That's, that's exactly what this what is. is. Yeah. And it is does not belong in this show. It is. Just, it's not, it's like, it's just, it's not even bad. It's just so average. It's just mm-hmm. couldn't be more average and boring and less interesting. Yeah. There's nothing about <laughs> it that has anything interesting about yeah. it. I, I I guess you're trying to say, oh, she's leaving her husband who's a dick and he's, go- oh, it left Piper for her best friend. Fucking no one cares. No one <laughs> no cares. No one cares. Put that in another show. No one cares about these characters. How about you make a spinoff about Larry and Polly? And see how many people watch that. Parry. 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 Parry show. Yeah. It's disgusting porridge, massive, boring blandness. Ugh. But put it on NBC and fucking people will watch it, but yeah. not Put a on- laugh track on. Yep. Go. Make it a sitcom. These two, yeah, they're, his ex-wife is a 
con and her ex-husband is Australian. whose baby Hilarious. is Australian, a drunk Australian, <laughs> done. That's a sitcom. They come yeah. by every now and again. Yeah. The drug Australian comes by, talks about threesomes, everyone laughs and claps <laughs> and woo. Yeah. There you go. Just don't put it in fucking Just Orange is the New Black. on this amazing show. And imagine if we don't have that, every episode is 10 minutes shorter. Wouldn't that be great? Yes, that would be great. It'd be two hours shorter this season. It would be eleven hours, <laughs> not thirteen. Oh, I'm so tired. Actually, that's from watching the show. And that's how we should do it in the future. If everybody watches, it's like skip, 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 skip. Yeah. Can you skip scenes on uh, Netflix? I've never no, tried. you can only skip the intro. Uh, can you do that? Yeah, it comes up on a little square on the bottom right hand side that the- says "Skip Intro" for Orange Is the New Black. Oh, I've never once skipped the intro. I like it too much. I have once. I think I was marathoning like three episodes, so it's like three hours of my time. Like I can't. I'm so I, can't, I have to get through this. Did um? Is it just me or there are are there new faces in the intro? I think there are new faces in the intro. Yeah, I thought so too. Some obviously ones that are still there from the last time. But I thought there were some new ones. Cool. I didn't know whether La- how. Like I figured we were both going to hate Larry and Polly. I really imagine really- if I was like, um, oh, it really touched me. Like <laughs> when um they were like making out and she was talking about having an infected nipple. Like. It- it was really beautiful storytelling. Imagine if that was my reaction. <laughs> I would no, have it was laughed awful. in your face. Yeah, I just, I just thought that felt good. Like that I got felt to really vent. Good. That was really I feel nice. Really happy about that. Let's go from that sizzling hot couple to the next hot thing on the block: mm. Dyer and Bennett. Ooh, baby, the love story we all want to see. How do oh, you- those crazy kids? <laughs> <laughs> How? Do you feel A about that storyline and B the okay? We've already established that we don't have chemistry. Like it just doesn't. Make yeah, it's not sense. there. We know that from season one. There's just nothing there that's pulling me through. Uh, <laughs> the what do we think about the story it's telling and what they're going for there? How it's being told? That's a very vague way of putting it. But what story are they telling? I mean, there's this back and forth of like, oh, I hate you. Oh, I like you. Oh, you need to tell. You need to take responsibility. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, you're being used as blackmail to bring stuff into the thing. Oh, no, he's going to be a badass and, you know, use his weight to tell him to fuck off. And Look, I have little to no interest regarding Bennett and Dyer. I will say that I don't don't understand who Bennett is. I really don't. Bennett Bennett is whatever Dyer wants him to be in that exact moment. Like, he just keeps flipping based off her um, emotions, basically. Yeah, he's just playing off of her. uh, And her emotions are completely... And they keep going to the idea that she's it's hormonal. But her her mind changes every fucking 10 seconds. But I didn't get enough sense of her in season one to back up. Like, oh, it's, you know, the Dyer, the character we love, is going a bit nuts on hormones. I was like, she just seems like the most kind of like... Just go she along seems with like a whatever. Child who doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, which is weird because she is having sex with someone who has all the power. Which is that's the interesting thing it's about this weird. story, and it yeah. just doesn't quite get there. It keeps switching what it's trying to say, and I'm having a hard time following. I, I understand there's a big conversation to have there. Sometimes I think it's getting onto something, and then it shifts away from it. Like she talks about, she and, takes mm, responsibility for what it happened with Hornstash um, Mendez. She then sort of suggests that I didn't know what I was doing. I was forced into it, which is something we talked about last season. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You know, maybe that does suggest this was some form of rape, except you've got to include 
Gloria and her mother in that as well. And Red, yeah. And Red in sort of being invo- implicit in that too. And then it flips again to sort of like talk about um, what Bennett's situation this is. And realistically, he's fucked that he did this at all. Yeah. Like he, it's gross that he allowed it to happen. Love or not, mm. he's it's like fucking a, a out teacher of line. fucking their student. Yeah, I don't care how much you love them. Yes. The power dynamic is totally off. You're in a position of power. It's completely wrong. And that's the note I wrote was essentially that the lesson of this story is you can't have sex with people who are in a position that's below you that you have more power than them. Whether that's a garden, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, in a prison, or whether it's you're a teacher of infants or whatever it might be, right? It's just you say you're a teacher of infants. Teacher of <laughs> whether you're a teacher of children. <laughs> just I shouldn't be laughing, but that's just <laughs> just my choice of words. Such, um, Sorry, I don't know why they came out. I'm like such an extreme example. <laughs> you know, particularly if you're a kindergarten teacher. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, anyway, non-consensual age is what I was getting for. Yeah. Certainly. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the point being, that's that's a that's true. That's a good message. You're right to get there. Mm. But do we does it need to be so fucking back and forth hazy to get there? I know some ways I think they're just trying to back out of their decision no, to make it seem I, like they're in love. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to it, it, since we've dug this hole um, narratively speaking, they need to justify I, it. Yeah, I think it's you know good for Dyer to maybe have that realization that oh he does have all the power. Oh my goodness, yeah. even though I love him, um, the dynamic is it's off, it's off kilter, and have to deal with like the consequences of that emotionally and what does that mean and what does that say about the man that I've lo- that I love that he's kind of that he is the person that would walk into a place like this and have sex with someone who's in prison here yeah. and just like deal with the weight of that and also like having like the terrible support from her mother and like Daya could be really interesting and they could take it in really interesting places where we learn about power dynamics and we can see it but it doesn't go there. What what's missing? What's missing? Is it is it there is there a lack of chemistry between them? Is that part of it? Is it just the writing isn't going there interestingly enough? Is it a performance thing? Are both of our two leads in this storyline just not the, really pulling it? I don't think the writing's there. Uh, I don't I don't think they have a clear idea of what they want to do with that story. And so it gets lost and it's ill defined, is what I think. Yeah. I think I think I, I think both way. of those characters are so ill-defined that it's just kind of like, what is like what is this? I I, like, I get that I, Bennett's a good guy, but then like he loses it and like his motivation of like losing it. And, well, and, uh, uh, Dyer being just so, f- <sighs> if she had more ownership of a decision to keep the baby, it would help so much. But she doesn't. She wanted to get rid of it. She basically got manipulated into keeping it, then got manipulated into having sex with somebody else. And she doesn't really have a whole lot of her own like agency. agency. Mm. And that makes it really hard to like I don't you're not your a narrative pawn again. You're sort of just being mm. pushed in the direction they want yeah. you to. And without that conviction, it it's it just becomes frustrating watching them flip flop around with what they in an episode, it happens multiple times. She'll be pissed off with Bennett. And then she'll be lovey-dovey with him again. Mm. And mm, moochie-moochie, we mm. move on. And then we go back to this again. Moochie-moochie. <laughs> smoochie <laughs> And then we come back to it again. And it's just like, oh, really? Again? Is this again? Mm. This is kind of boring. Mm. Yeah, I think the storyline was, was stagnant. 
and cool. it it felt that way. It was like this this is not interesting. These are not interesting people. And while this might be an interesting circumstance, perhaps um, because of the fact that they're not interesting people, it just it's like meow, meow, every time that it's they're in a scene together. Um. All right. Let's move on to another storyline. The just general overall, it's kind of Piper storyline in the end, of, in a way. The corruption storyline about Litchfield. Yeah. What do you reckon about this one? Was it more interesting? Did it grab you a bit more than Dyer and Bennett? (laughs) Parry? And uh, Porry? 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 Uh, Yeah, it was way more interesting. It was. It it took up a lot of time in this season. I think it was definitely more interesting. It was interesting... Do, how do you feel? Well, you about seem to have some reservation about it. Why no, do you have reservations no, I, about I it? I think it's, I guess, you know, it's a weird thing to say. I'm a little bit frustrated that it ended up being one of the better storylines in the season. I don't think it yeah. should be. I think there is, again, there's so much more potential for more interesting emotional storylines than like the Litchfield corruption. Mm. There, there which, definitely was more of a focus on the bureaucracy and also just the lives of the COs and stuff. And we learn more about Fig and like that. Yeah, they really did shift perspective a little bit this this season. Fig stuff was interesting mm. enough. Mm. Um, Fig stuff was interesting enough to make her at least not completely one dimensional. Multidimensional, yeah. Yeah, she's still an awful person and they established that. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely more interesting. Caputo as well. Yeah. It's amazing how much they make him into a good guy in a lot of ways. But still, you can see how working in such a place causes him to make terrible decisions. Definitely. Yep. It's interesting. You know, one of the more interesting decisions they did with him this season mm. was the bit where he, after having Tucky and Piper hug, he mm. goes to do his little spank bank thing. Yeah. And then goes, no. I was like... And then they never returned to that one. Is that character development? Yeah. (laughs) Like, is it character development? Is that what they were trying to do? Because they never go back to it. It was like, no, I'm better than that. Mm. And at first I didn't think that. I thought he was just like, there was, he was actually being really gross and like, he didn't think Tucky was like hot enough or whatever because Mm. whatever. But she actually had teeth at that point. Um, Sexy. mm, That's all I want in a woman. Early Teeth. (laughs) But no, I I think. good actually now that I think about it. Just a bit of gummy. Gummy job. <laughs> Broad's face is so disappointed in me. You know, go on, Think, Thinking back <laughs> to that scene now, though, the fact that 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 what they were doing was going back to a to a character trait they established in the first season and saying and moving past it because they never go back to it again that season mm. because they were trying to establish him as being like the idealistic good guy. And I can see where that's actually going to be an interesting place for him to go later because we've established that Healy was once idealistic and has fallen and, like, it'd be cool to see that happen with Caputo. So I'm I'm fairly interested in that story. Yes, I mean... It just I'm, isn't yeah, emotionally resonant in any way. Yeah I, I, yeah, I can't comment too much on, like, where that goes with Caputo. Okay. Um, But... Yeah, I think his desire, and there are moments where we see that desire in Healy as well, to, like, make things better and to constantly, like, butt your head up against the ceiling when, in fact, the ceiling yeah. is just, like, the boot of the person who's in charge of you uh, and the how frustrating that is and, yeah, just that fight to do the right thing. But, you know, they're flawed people. Like, he fires Fisher because she doesn't, you know, return his or reciprocate his feelings yeah. and that kind of thing. Like he's yeah. he's not an all good guy and no. he makes really bad decisions. But yeah, I find him interesting. I think the corruption, yeah, the corruption stuff really, I was excited by that storyline. It, it 
kept it moving forward. I was like worried, like, oh, is Piper, you know, going to get caught investigating? And that led to the newsletter, which I freaking loved, um, and her interactions with Keely and <clears throat> more interactions with Caputo. It allowed for that as well. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that and I think it was actually – a bit more interesting to me than the V stuff, which is shocking. Yeah. yeah like, that shouldn't be the case. V, which v, I think is what v you has kind le- of That's the thing, right? V to, has yeah. legitimate, like, familiar connections, essentially, mm-hmm. with one of our favourite characters um, in Tasty. She's got history with Red. She is She's causing so much actual drama inside the prison. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what the corruption thing comes down to is they don't have enough money to fix the fucking yeah. plumbing, the fact and then eventually they get caught. That's the thing, like the fact, like the scene where Caputo is talking to the plumber in the bathroom, and Fig comes in, and she's like, and they, she's like, obviously not going to pay for it, and he's like, oh well, maybe we can like ration their food so they're not like shitting as much. She's like, yeah, I'll crunch the numbers, and like she clearly just does not give a shit about these people. Yeah, almost literally, and like <laughs> that scene made me like angry and feel like more injustice than I think any scene with V did. Yeah, and yeah. that should not be the case, like at all. But that's just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I think it also helps that one they've made Caputo a person, they've made Figure a person, and they've obviously made the inmates who it directly affects people. You're right. You're exactly right. Actually, I was going to say a second ago, I was going to say that Figure's is pretty one dimensional, like V. But I was like, no, except that Fig started that way, and they this season they made her much more interesting, mm-hmm. not empathetic, but certainly a little bit more layered and complex. You look at her situation yeah. with her husband and what's going on there and the, the pressures on her. All that we understand motivations and while we m- may it. not agree with them, we understand where they are coming from. You're 100% right. That's exactly why that storyline is more interesting, especially because of Fig and Caputo are just, they are much more rounded as characters mm. with yeah flaws and redeeming features and all those sorts of things. Big or small as those things might be at different points. They're all there. V doesn't. And the thing is, I think V... Like, uh, there is, there are things in V's storyline that are great. Suze, how she treats Suzanne mm. is really affecting. Just, just it's awful watching. Well, that's what because of Suzanne, Suzanne, though. But that's because of the it's V having the effect. But it's not again. It's V's motivations aren't interesting yeah. enough. She's not interesting I'm enough. I'm not to amazed by her that. charm in that situation. No, and I thought about that when I yeah was thinking about V and like where maybe it it could help is like, yeah, if we do bring in that like maternal charm and that warmth and you could see why people would like put their their walls down around her and let her in and allow her to like almost silently take everything from them. Um, and that way, like if, if that happens, obviously like, yeah, Suzanne gets that mother figure and you kind of see it and you can understand why Tasty would be so drawn in. And you also have the dynamic when Pusay is like, you know, don't trust her. Like she's, you know, full of shit. As an audience member, maybe we're not entirely sure if she is or is not full of shit. Yeah. And then yeah, we ask, yeah, us, like, yeah, yeah. is Pusay actually just being territorial? Yeah. Is that her issue when yeah. people bring that up? Because as a viewer, we know V's the bad guy. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it loses the tension. Yeah. You're 100% mm. correct. All right. We've been shitty on this show a lot, I feel like, oh, no. the last little bit. <laughs> Sorry. But there, I, think I really that, do like it. I was going to say, I think there are bits that are good to talk about. So maybe yeah. this is a good opportunity to do that. I think let's maybe just start talking about storylines that do work for us. Mm. Uh, I'm going to start with Rosa, Miss Rosa. Uh, yeah, Miss Rosa. Because I thought that was very cool mm-hmm. because I didn't see it coming at all. Um, she was a character that was, she was there in like the very first episode. She's in that, I, what's that bit? What's that? Why? That's something. I, it, it's just because 
they they stay there because it's more convenient for them, is it? Those Yes. Yeah, so Rosa stays there because she's on chemo and she's sick all the time. Yep. And the other lady whose name I've forgotten is there because she has like a heart machine because she got had a heart attack when That's she first right. arrived. Thank you. So they need like healthcare. Yeah. Correct. Thank you. That's what it is. Um so we were introduced to them in the very first episode mm-hmm. before Piper is given her dorm, essentially. Yeah. <clears throat> um and so Miss Rosa has been there, but I didn't think she was a character that was ever going to get mm. fleshed out. She was just the cool lady in like that first episode. She's like, "No one fucks with cancer," and it was like and that was it, it, it yeah. was sad to see an old person dying in prison. Um, I I fucking love that we actually got to explore that properly though. Mm. So oh, good, yeah. Um, yeah. just how rewarding that was. How I sorry, I haven't looked this up. That actress's name, I should have. I'll, I'll do it now. Do, I, I'm going to say something. I do not mean this offensively. She looks like, the way they do her makeup and stuff, she looks like Anakin, uh, as in Darth Vader, <gasps> after the mask it takes off in Return of the Jedi. It's fucking oh. uncanny. No, I don't think that's offensive because it's totally true. It is true. They've isn't made it? her look like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly what she looks like. But at the Mind same blown. time, their casting of their flashback people is really good mm. because at the same time, I could also see her act. Yes, please. Sorry, her name is Barbara Rosenblatt. Barbara Rosenblatt? Mm hmm. Props to you. Very, she very cool. She was born in London, England. There you go. Oh, there you go. Um, but the when they cast the younger version of her in the flashbacks yeah. to when she was robbing banks, I was like, oh, I can totally see that same face just, you know, however many years earlier, 40, 50 years earlier. Yeah. Um, but her storyline, just going through chemo, what that means to be dying in prison, um, mm. the connection she makes with the... The young boy who's also mm. going through chemo as well, all fucking worked on me. Yeah, all of it worked on me. It was so good. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to spoil it. It was my favorite episode. It was mine. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box, and if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I, I loved it. <laughs> I that, loved it. Was that episode it. eight? Uh, uh, yes, it was episode yeah. eight. Uh, me too. It was my favorite episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the character of Rosa. And I mean, it's just a testament to this show that they can make a side character so compelling. And you... yeah can connect with them so quickly and like that's what's exciting about this show is there's so many characters and you know that when it's their flashback episode you get so excited like yes i'm gonna learn more and more about all of these different characters and oh yeah no i just i loved episode eight i 
I thought it was wonderful seeing, you know, how she's even, you know, when she's getting chemo and she's she's still her, like she's still kind of casing the joint and she can have a bit of fun with this kid and but she's still a person and she's like had heartache as well and when she thinks that young guy is going to die and that affects her and she's like, oh, you know, you're too fucking young, like you can't die and but she's given that glimmer of hope. It's, oh, I freaking love Rosa and that's, I think that's maybe taints my viewing of the last bit of the last episode because I just, I just love that she gets away. Oh, I love, I love everything that happens I love, I love that she's getting away. I love the Morello, you know, helping her. I love to her and Morello. Uh, mm. Me too. I want to talk about Morello in a second oh, as well. Yeah, that's, and, and <laughs> that's I, definitely I like, on the list. I like the sentiment behind that moment. I like everything, all of it, up until she runs over V and then turns mm. into the younger version of self. It just lacks all and any subtlety. She may as yeah, well, no, that totally. fucking truck may as well have just started flying like the end of fucking Greece. It's, <laughs> it's lacking. Look, in, I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> it's ju- It just feels so like on the nose, like, oh, mm. this is her perfect escape sort of mm. thing. And that's, that and that annoys me about the execution. You could you could literally cut the episode off 30 seconds early and it would be a perfectly great ending for the season, I think. Yeah. Is yeah, my no, feeling? No, that's true. But I just, yeah. I, so, so it doesn't, it doesn't taint the sentiment of it. I still think Rose's mm, story is great. It's mm. just like, oh wow, how can you? Why fuck that ending yeah. so bad? It's yeah. It's like enough. it's like you're at the fucking Olympics. You finish your gymnastics thing. You put your hands up in the air and you fart. It's like <laughs> it's like everything was perfect. <laughs> yeah, the crowd is roaring and you fart a huge fart, and then everyone yeah. goes silent. You're like, yeah, exactly. oh. No. Yeah, that's all you'll be remembered for is that fun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to the, the the positives, which is what we're trying to focus uh, on. Morello um, storyline. Hold on, I still I haven't finished. With oh, sorry, sorry, yet. sorry, sorry. I just want to like read like uh, it it broke absolutely broke my heart when Rosa she's back from chemo and she's like realizes that like this is it like she's she can't get the surgery she wants. Oh, that's so fucking sad. Um. Fuck, Americans, get your healthcare together. It's f- oh, God. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. high priority. You guys know how to vote in your interests. Well done. <laughs> um, I don't know. We probably can't talk as Australians anyway. Well, yes, we can. We currently have fucking public healthcare that works. Yeah, works but we've well given power to people who really, really want to sell it, it all off. It won't happen. It won't happen. Yeah. If you sell off Medicare, you'll that's, that's how you lose an election. It just won't happen. Yeah, that's true. Um. Sorry, yes. So, yeah, Rosa can't get the operation she needs and she's, you know, doing her chemo. It's clearly not working and she's arrived back at Litchfield and her and her friend, they're like in their little dorm room and she's like, and this is what Rosa says, I always pictured myself going out in a blaze of glory, hail, gunfire, screeching tires, but this kind of death, this slow, invisible, disappearing into nothing, it's terrifying. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, that like gut punch, absolute gut punch. I'm like, fuck, that's terrible. That's such an, oh, oh sorry. I just had a flashback of other like really upsetting storylines this oh. season. Uh, like the old lady. The old, oh, the one, the, oh, Compassionate yeah. Compassionate release or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great too. That's a, that's. Oh my God. Oh, that really affected me. Like really, really, really affected me. So sad. It's so awful. And it actually just reminded me of, um. Michael Moore's documentary Sicko. I haven't seen that actually. Oh, and he's showing things where like, you know, 
people who have no money, like homeless people who have been like taken to the emergency room for whatever's wrong with them, they get like stitched up or whatever and then just like released on the streets still in their like gowns and stuff, wandering with like head in, like wandering the streets with head injuries and stuff. So fucked. It's so awful. It's so, it's such a scary, scary How is thing. that liberty? Someone tell me. How is that liberty? Like that's the word people use. Freedom. Liberty. What, what's that thing on the social liberty? Like give me your poor, your... Tired. Masses. Yeah. It's like, no, because you treat them like shit. Yeah, you I'll actually keep them? them and give them health care. Thanks, though. <laughs> like, it's. Uh, what's yeah, what's it's, the line in our national anthem? Uh, with boundless planes to share or whatever it is. Yeah, that's fucking working nah. too. Don't. Pu- country mottos mean Boat shit. Boat people everywhere coming for our goods. <laughs> Hide them. <laughs> oh, no. Hello. Yeah. This is it's quickly just- <laughs> turning into a political podcast. <laughs> With every passing episode. <laughs> it's really true. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's because of the times. It's not our fault. It's true. There's a lot of podcasters I'm noticing are doing mm. this. Like, I, I just want to talk about movies, but I can't yeah, when all this shit's up. going on around us. It's like, yeah, if I was watching this, this when it came does. out, I wouldn't be like going so hard in on these things. But like, oh, this, these topics are just everywhere. But this is why art is important, right? Like, sometimes people want to say it's like keep your politics out of video games or keep your politics out of uh, movies or keep your politics out of movies, music. All of these things so are weird art and it, uh, art is about human beings and if it's, if it's about human beings, it's going to be political. Politics is fucking in everything. It's mm. just the way it is. And people who keep saying, get your politics out of shit. It's like, Fucking polit- that it is by nature of existing political, no matter how you want to look at it. It's mm. just the way it is. If you have an opinion it's on it, it's about like the political. human condition and the way we are now living. Politics is a part of life. I swear, I swear, it's because people think some people really view politics as being like a fucking game show, which is why you let a game show host end up being <laughs> your president. It's because people don't believe, don't actually look at it. We've had it too good for too long. It's just a fucking sideshow, and people don't actually understand that it affects real people because it's not affecting them because their lives are so mm. disaffected or so not Yeah, they not, view politics not actually... as just harmless opinions. Yes. It's just annoying opinions oh, that people are pressing who... you. Well, n- well no, because so, those opinions turn into legislation that affects people. Exactly, so. and that's the whole thing, right? It's like that guy agrees with my opinion. He's running the countries. That's great. Even if he's completely incapable of doing it because he has no experience and he's a fucking bumbling moron, he agrees with my racist sentiments. Therefore, I want him to be president because I win. Well, he's to- it means not my, even racist sentiments. Means he's my- told me I'm going to get a job. Oh, just that just my, like things like that. It's like, my views are legitimized. My yeah. views are legitimate because he says so. That's the reason for doing it. And so you can win an argument and go, fucking Trump is president on Twitter. He's president, accept it. Fuck you. That's not, <laughs> no. No. Sorry. Yeah. Now, excuse me while oh. I go to a hospital and I don't have to leave with like a mortgage. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what happened there? Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! We just doubled down. We just accepted that this is going to get political. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> went true. fuck like, it. This like, is it. Oh no! I can't believe this is happening again. Let's go in. <laughs> Let's just do yeah. it. <laughs> uh, so, was there anything else about Rose's storyline you wanted to say? It was excellent. It was excellent. I mean, like yeah, that's, it's heartbreaking. It's it beautifully done, more, and yeah. she's in the season. She's in and out a few times. I doubt she has more than 20, 30, 40 minutes dedicated to her and it is super effective, mm-hmm. that whole storyline. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about... Morello? Morello. Yay. That well, was a... I want to ask you, yes. did you see that coming? I did not and I want to 
commend Yay. the show on completely making me think I knew it was happening and, and mm. it didn't. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of did that a couple of times actually. Oh, but cool. um, specific Morellos is the best example where I was like, oh, this is going to be about her fraud, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's fraudulent. She, you know, the way she like uh, yeah. pretends she's fraud, yeah. Male fraud, right? I was like, oh, that's that's the way she goes down. Um, and a lot of it was leading that way. Like they kept, they talked about the dress and it's like, how do you have all this stuff? It's like, oh, just deals or whatever and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then to find out that she's actually just a fucking stalker was like, mm. oh, I... Completely delusional. And like... We already knew that she was a little bit delusional. We knew mm. that the, her relationship with Christopher was not what she was still saying it was in prison. We mm. knew that they were not really getting married. Yeah, but you always just assume it's some sort of coping mechanism because she's obviously in this horrible place and it's just something and nice he for her to focus on. And that he would have just drifted away mm, as naturally. she was in prison. Yeah. We don't know how really how long she's been in there for. No. But the idea that she... Apparently, I think a long time she's it's been alluded to that she's... Possibly, for a while, but it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't distinct enough that I was like, mm. "Oh, that's suspicious." But then to find out, have that court case, and to see her face mm. as he's telling the story, and she's infatuated with this guy, terrifying. Oh my god, it was so good. Yeah. And then her at the house, oh, all of it mm. was so good. It was so yeah. I was really really impressed with that, and I wasn't a huge Morello fan at that point. Mm. I thought she was fine, but she didn't like. Completely, yeah. I think my she, world. yeah. I thought always thought of her as like kind of funny and cute, yeah, and I a- liked her dynamic, her playfulness with Nikki. I yeah. I love that stuff from season one. I was not fascinated by her. I was not like, yeah. oh, I want to know like her flashback. Um, I want to know like how she got there necessarily. Like I wasn't super excited about it. And then when it, yeah, when she, we see her flashback and mm. we see her escape and. It blew my. I was like, I did not see that coming at all, at all. Like, I just didn't expect her to be an insane stalker that would put a bomb, a homemade bomb, underneath someone's car, and just. It's also just heartbreaking to see her come to the true realization that she's crazy, or she, that yeah. she's mentally ill, and being heartbroken by that, and like being scared of herself a little bit because because she's a compulsive liar, but she also has delusions and she believes those delusions. Um, And, yeah, and I also love the um, little conversation that she has with Suzanne about, you know, love. I think it's the Valentine's Day episode. Probably. If I was talking about love, there's every chance. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like that episode too, huh? Mm, Yeah. Um, Yeah, and, you know, she's talking about, you know, I, I I still believe in love and, like, isn't that really sad and all this kind of thing. And she's like talking about Christopher and she's like, oh, you know, and, and no one knows that like it's it's not true. No one knows. And Suzanne's just like, yeah, but you know. And I think that's just like a nice little step, a little progression for yeah. Morello to be like, yeah, no, I do know that it's all a lie and kind of accepting that a little bit. It was just, yeah, it was a great little surprise this season. And then the later when Christopher shows up. Oh, yes. I, so what did you make of that scene? What did you make of Christopher? I found it fascinating how they could turn someone who is a complete victim. Something yeah. terrible has happened to him. This woman has tried to murder the yeah. woman he loves. Yeah. This woman has broken out of prison and broken into his home. Clearly, like, tried on a veil, stolen some shit, 
really creepy, scary stuff. Yeah. And he's clearly been so victimized and so traumatized by what this woman does. And so you can see that perspective and yet they are somehow able to still make Morello seem small and diminished by this big scary man who's like yelling at her and somehow you feel super sorry for her it's yeah. a really interesting it's scene. all a matter of perspective mm, it's yeah. like it's it's like he it's like his his actions are dickish right i would mm. describe them as like if you characterize them the way he like what he does and the way he does it mm. that is essentially embarrassing her kind of in a way mm. or outing her is dickish and yet he's totally earned the right to yeah, do that. Absolutely. Like, if, I, I can't, if it was shot from like his this point is a bow Christopher, you're yeah. like, oh, that would be such a great, righteous, amazing yeah. moment. Yeah. Uh, that, I just thought that was really fascinating. It's mm. like I, I'm having this visceral reaction because I am on Morello's side just because I've spent more time with yeah. her to not like you. But logically, I'm like, uh, it's but hard for me. But you understand it. You can't condemn him for doing it. No, But no. you do feel Emotionally bad for justified her. Really bad in for what her. he did. It's yeah. like, again, it's not a nice thing to do, but does he really owe her a nice mm. thing at this point? No, not at all. No, he doesn't. I, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting scene. Mm. That's... Quite, yeah, morally and character-wise complex, mm. which... Well right, done. I'm glad they, is, when where, this show that? does it, they do it so, so well. It's just amazing how it always seems to happen with the B and C stories. Why isn't it happening yeah. with the A stories? It's happening in these odd little places. That's really, yeah, that's a good question. I wish I knew the answer. I wonder if it's because they... I Again, I come back to the length of the episodes and the length of the season. Is it just easier to do um, when they only dedicate a certain amount of time and they're not trying to stretch it and elongate it. But that see, that doesn't make any sense either because when you've got more time, you should be able to be more successful with it. Um, you, sh- you have more time to to get to the crux of V, so why do we get a whole season through and never come away feeling like she's an interesting person? Maybe it's just, what's, what's the, the phrase, like spoiled for riches or whatever? Like you've got so much time... That you're like, oh, we can explore this and we can explore this. Maybe it's just a lack of focus. And like they lose, they don't, they can't quite see because there's so much going on where the, like, t- the tightening needs to be going on yeah. and where the delving needs to be going on. Maybe it's just too much going on. And so is that just another argument for why the season should be shorter and <laughs> the episode yeah, should th- be shorter? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, after like, yeah, hearing you last week have that opinion and, but I, I didn't agree. And maybe that's because I'd seen it so many times. And um, you love season one. And I love season like one. Like you obviously I do find it so successful. I genuinely really love it. Um, but no, I think I think it's a genuine issue this season. Mm-hmm. The episode length. Yeah. Other storylines. What are we forgetting here that's really worth talking about? <laughs> uh, should we talk about um, Pori? Um, they're a great story. That's a great storyline. Yeah, let's talk about that a couple more times. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's dedicate... As much of this podcast to Pori as the show did. So, about half. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's actually true. Uh, I just think not it true. feels that way. It's not true. It's just when they're on the screen, time stops in the worst way. In the worst, worst way. Uh, oh, I had a question for you. Yes. Did... It's about... what? Okay. Why do you think Piper called... The cops on Alex in the end. Uh, I think there's a couple of different reasons. I think it's interesting when she justifies it to to Larry as being like, "You owe me one for mm. basically getting he, getting together with my best friend." Um, do it because you're gonna fuck over a person that you hate. Mm-hmm. 
in my mind, a well, this this it's twofold. A Alex has it coming because Alex fucking sold her down the river essentially. Yeah. But, a dirt bag, yeah. but B, she wants Alex back in the fucking like mm. she wants Alex back in there. Like she yeah. does. It's selfish. Piper it's, is so it's in a it's like it's selfish. in a way it's like you got your girl, let me get mine. Yeah. And so help me out doing that. Um which I was fine with. I was mm. also because I want Alex back in the show. Yeah. I think it <laughs> needs to have she absolutely need to do it. Yeah, I was because that was my initial reading as well. I was like, yeah, you know, she clearly wants some sort of resolution or relationship with Alex yeah. and therefore she's doing it. Um, it's also like a fuck you to Alex. Yep. Um, Cause she's angry, All with, once. angry with her. And then also I was just like, is it also a bit of Alex is on the outside. No one is protecting her. She's talked about how sketchy is there. Is there a protective element that, to it? That crossed my mind as you said it, as you asked me the question. Sorry. <laughs> right, yeah. As you asked me the question, I was like, I was going through my options. I was like, oh, I mm. guess there's that potential. Alex was in danger. Uh, it didn't read that way yeah. to me. It re- read more as. Piper being because the selfish one we know it to be. Yeah. Because of her relationship with Larry and Alex being such a big part of that and her feelings towards Alex romantically and mm. how. Why wouldn't she just call. Um, what's her name? Polly. Polly. Yeah, but, Polly to do it. Why would she call Larry? Because uh, Polly owes her as well. Yeah. Um. I think. Mm, mm, Jason Biggs just maybe contractually more, needed another scene. Maybe it's because I mean Polly was there too. The is I think I guess it was just because Larry was the one who hates Alex as well. So maybe. Is she? I, I don't mean she thought more likely that he would do it because he, she could paint it out as a way of getting back at Alex. But why but would you? It yeah, didn't matter. you can't it, call needed, your ex fiance to be like, "Hey, can you like the way knock I, on my ex so she can be in prison with me?" Remember when I cheated on you with her? Lol, lol, lol. No, you'd call Polly and be like, "Hey, um, you be, fucking owe me. Be, I want you to do this because it's also Piper's way of getting back at both of them in a way, Larry included. Like, yes. They both owe her Larry just as much as Polly needed to. She needs to know that this is your penance, essentially. And that's the same. And Larry included, I guess. I mean, realistically, I think if you look at uh, metatextually, they did it because they need to put a... I hope it's the button on that fucking storyline. It's like, resolved. Everyone is even and we will move on now because this happened. Thank fucking Christ. That is my hope. Is that what it is? Mm. Jesus Christ. If there's fucking... If they spend any amount of time on fucking Larry and Polly next season, I'm so pissed off. It does not need to occur. I have no comment about that. I'm fearful of it now. (laughs) Just talking about it so much. It's just like, why? Why would you? How could Mm. you? Uh, That was my best guess. Fair enough. Yeah, I just wanted... I want some clarification. Well, while we're talking about Piper, what do we think of her general storyline this season? Uh, we talked already about season episode one and what happens with Alex. Then she comes back. And then a lot of it is her... I was actually... Something I said to you before we started recording. I was really happy with Piper's sort of evolution. Um, she became much more... Mm, badass isn't, the t- isn't necessarily the word, but she was much more self-aware and in control of her position. I liked that people were kind of scared of her a little bit for a while. She had a rep when she got mm. back. Yeah, and, I did like that, yeah. Um, and I she, don't know if self-aware is ever the right word for Piper. 
Um, I don't know. I think she's while she still is victim to a lot of her shortcomings, I think she's a little more aware of them now. Mm. Um, uh, she just seemed yeah, maybe you're not- right. Maybe I'm just like focusing on the fact that she she is self aware, but she's just incredibly selfish. Yeah. Yes, no, you're she right. Is. You're right. Yeah. yeah, I think she's aware of some of that stuff now. Um, but that's I, because of that. Maybe it makes it more interesting. It's because okay, she understands who she is, mm. and she actually plays that line a bit more deliberately now. She isn't the victim of that anymore. Mm. She is sort of has accepted that and it's a part of her and she uses it much more effectively now. With the exception being what really frustrated me was when she went on furlough and went and checked out Red's restaurant or mm. Red's deli or whatever it was and, and came lied. back and lied. I'm like, fucking, that's, you, that's, not, that's not clever. That's dumb. Do you think that was because she was afraid of Red's reaction? I think it's because she thought she was doing something nice, but mm. she did not think it through. It felt like it's like, for the have first you time- met Red? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know how much she appreciates honesty and values honesty? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it, that's totally valid. I just found that, and I was she'd become so self-aware that to to be that dumb, you're better at playing the game now. That was really that was a really amateur move. Mm. Yeah, no, and you actually said this to me before recording. Is that well? It's clearly just a setup for. A story next season. In my notes, I wrote, uh, let me see, where is it? Why the hell would Piper lie to Red like this season one Piper mistake? She's only making it worse for herself when Red obviously finds out later this season, maybe even this episode. <laughs> uh, and that didn't happen. But in my head, I just go, well, that, I just push that to next season then. Yeah. It's still, ob- it's just, it. it's uh, Chekhov's gun. Yeah. It's, and it just, yeah, why else Chekhov's would it gun. be there? Yeah. And it just sucks when it seems such like an obvious thing to not do. It's like watching someone run upstairs when a murderer is in the house. It's like, what the fuck are you running upstairs for? You just made it harder for yourself to escape. Yeah, uh, That's what she did. So that was annoying. Yeah. But generally, while Piper wasn't the main focus, and I think she's, it's definitely missing a lot of emotional stuff because Alex isn't there. Mm. Um, I was a bit sad she didn't really make huge connections with anyone new mm. from memory. I I. Yes, that's true. I mean, she did have interactions with Soso in which she, like, oh, trying to figure... Yeah, Soso was the other new yeah. character. Completely fucking forgot yeah, about her. Yeah, trying to, like, figure out, like, who she is and how that, like, might relate to someone like Soso in which, like, you know, she goes from, like, trying to be comforting to, like, telling her that she's, like, a lone wolf and she'll rip out her throat uh, to then trying to pimp her off to, like, Big Boo for, like, <laughs> a blanket... <laughs> Uh, and yeah, she's just trying to figure out exactly what her role is, position is, yeah. what, what power she has or doesn't have. Yet. And I, you know, I enjoy watching Piper do that mm. and trying to find herself. And yeah, I don't need her to be the total main focus of the show. And I, you know, and I think um, Taylor Schilling is a fantastic actress. Like when in the first episode when she's on the plane and she's talking about you know, the real emotional consequences of what she did to Pensataki and talking about how, oh, you know, I didn't realise there was a there there. Like, and she's talking about, like, that impulse to, like, destroy someone to get to that place where you can yeah, yeah. get so dark. Um, I've, I found that fascinating. And then that echoes throughout the season with her, yeah, trying to figure it all out and what she can and can't do and where she fits in, in it all. I, yeah, and I look forward to seeing them explore that in future seasons as well. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I, I liked Piper's stuff. I did too, generally, yeah. 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 Did, um, just because we mentioned So-So now, just with, let's not go too deep into this because it's running long. What do we think of So-So as a character 
as a presence in the show this season. Hit and miss. I yeah. Think. Sometimes she works really, really well. And sometimes I'm just like, can we not do this right now? Like, can we not have her be this annoying, be this absurd? Um, I kind of just wish we had, with so much talk about so-so or so much so-so talking and being annoying or whatever, I kind of wanted... Let's pay that off a little bit. But it seems like something the show is doing a lot of now, reflecting on season one, is like setting up characters to finally get their revelation of what they did and how they got to there mm. later. And yeah. I'll probably reflect back on so-so and go, oh, that's actually quite interesting, yeah, the amazing. stuff that's happening with her. Cool. Yeah, and I, I I, think the writers have earned that kind of trust with a lot of yeah, their characters. So it, like when things are a bit miss, it's it's okay. I was just kind of like, hey, that could have been better. I think so-so could have been more well-rounded but I like you said like that's probably going to happen later on when we see her flashback or we see her yeah, continue to grow as a prisoner in prison yeah that that is a feeling that I think is worth just bringing up is that when a flashback starts occurring I am palpably like oh cool this is Cindy's flashback mm, yeah. I wonder what this will be oh her is yeah, a TSA agent this makes total yeah. sense like whatever yeah. and I was getting like oh cool all right mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this is yeah. it's like a special feature like Special, like, yeah, special feature within an episode. You're like, oh, I get to know, like, the backstory. Yes, yes, yes. It's, yeah. I think it's such, while it is very formulaic, this show, I think they've found a winning formula and I think it works really, really well. That's a formula I prefer over dumb rom com in the background. Yes. The, uh, with So So as well, what did you think of the ongoing storyline of, like, the um, hunger strike and stuff like that that was going on in terms of trying to improve conditions in the prison? I think it um, was able to create some great comedy scenes with the meth heads um, and their dynamic with Yoga Jones and So-So. And it was while they began to play So-So's part in that as comedic and she's like, you know, a vegetarian. She's just talking about how she just needs legumes or legumes. Legumes? Legumes, apparently Americans call it. They sell aluminum. They say aluminum, so. That's true. Uh, and, you know, they play that stuff off as funny and then it slowly grows into people are somewhat inspired by her like and her convictions and being like, no, this is this is actually wrong. And while I might like stand for a lot of like silly things and I might just be like a little girl, like, yeah, I do have conviction and that has that can have value whether like the people in power see it or not. And I like how she inspires people like Yoga Jones to kind of be like, mm. yeah, you know, that's true. Like it shouldn't be like this. Uh, what about the storm as like a thing that happens? <laughs> kind of like what does it accomplish? It puts them all in the all same in one room. room. Cool. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I remember looking like rem- like thinking back on that episode, the Hurricane Wander episode, and being like, "Oh, I love this episode." And there are bits that I do love in that episode. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's not as big an event as I remember it being the first time I watched it, though. Like, well, like what, what did you think of the Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like it had a lot of build-up. And then it kind of... Like, I feel like there was like two episodes mm. bef- where they're like talking about this hurricane coming yeah. and then it does. I just felt like there was going to be more a bit more ominous than that, especially when we already understand the prism is fucking shit. Mm. I, I wanted some shit to go down, yeah. I guess. Because yeah, you think with the flooding and then like the racial tensions are so high at that point, yeah. it's like outright war. And like while Red does like 
choke V. It's kind of like, oh, you know, like now we're but in a that, truce. And it's sort of just exactly. It, yeah, it fizzles out. Totally. It, I mean, it, it has the the V follows that up by actually clocking. Smashing her in the face. Red, yeah. yeah, in the face with the, with the lock and the suck. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it didn't have... I didn't, yeah, it was an anticlimax in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, other storylines, I'm just trying to think what else happened this season that's noteworthy. I mean, Do we want to talk dynamic, about Tasty and Poussey? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, the Poussey and Tasty thing that was happening. I love their friendship. Mm-hmm. I love when it's like we're seeing the layers of that and I really enjoyed the episode last season where like Tasty is gone and Poussey has to say goodbye to her and then she's back and they like yeah. deal with like, you know, like people want to get out of here. How on earth, like why on earth are you back? Yeah. Um, maybe it's a result of V being the reason. Um, it didn't hit me, I think. I mean, I felt bad for Poussey. I thought it was awful. But oh, like, Poussey. Ca- I say, I've written Poussey in here in like all caps a bunch of times. She gets the fucking shit beaten out of her yeah. by Suzanne. It's like, oh, and I feel sad for oh, her that, and Suzanne it's in that moment. It's like yeah. so awful. And Black Cindy is just standing there watching. He's like, what on earth is going this on? This is the bit, I guess, that mm-hmm. it's like they keep saying, it's like, we're all criminals. We're all criminals. And like, that is true, but. You You're not all violent offenders who no. are like, Oh yeah, cool, now we beat up people. Yeah, that's the like bi- that. Yeah, exactly. That's the bit that sort of flummoxes me. And the tasty per se Pousse stuff is, is a big part of it. Their friendship is so fucking good and it's like so strong. They've it's made so it st- seem so strong. Exactly. That when it seems to get pushed away or pulled apart so quickly, it's like I just don't buy it. It just feels mm, a little Yeah, no, I agree. It didn't That's why I think like earlier when I said that I wanted V to be a little bit more alluring, a little bit more enticing, you could understand why people like Tasty would really desire to be with her over someone like Pussy and you kind of see like, you know, is Pussy just kind of like in her head and like sabotaging her own friendship. V um, at yeah. no stage feels like a victim of anything. No. Anything ever. And so there's no reason to ever uh, soften your opinion of her at all. Mm. And so she just, it's just like, oh, this obvious villain has walked in and torn you guys apart. Like, it's so obvious. Why can't the writing is so obvious? Why can't the characters see it? It kind of gets a little bit. Uh. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, like the Perse stuff, it's, it's heartbreaking because Perse is such a beautiful character. Um, but you feel it for the performance, not for the writing. This goes back yeah, to that totally. question Sean had. Do you remember que- Sean sent us in a question? Yeah, kind of what's better? A uh, uh, Strong performance versus strong writing. I think yeah. this is the exact reason that st- strong writing is so important because while I can see the performance and I like innately, emotionally have a reaction to mm. it, my brain's also going, yeah, that's not real though. Like, Yeah, yeah it's just that's, like, totally, that's totally true. Yeah, and that's definitely – because like this should be – the heart of this season. Yeah. It really should be. And it, it it's not. It gets plenty of time mm-hmm. too. So much yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think Samira Wiley who plays per se, just, she's incredible. Mm. I have a huge, huge lady boner for her. Mm-hmm. She's gorgeous, incredibly talented, beautiful singing voice. I know you're married now, but call me sometime. <laughs> um, like she's so good. And yeah, it, it's, it's not there. The story isn't there. The Seeing that play out naturally is not there. And it's such a shame. It's such a missed opportunity. Because now it'd be hard to see them like kind of 
have that dynamic again where they could pull them apart and it'd be That's it, right? Like yeah. Like this was their one opportunity to do that because now they're really solid. Nothing's going to break them up now. Yeah, yeah. So that was their one opportunity and it was kind of missed. Yeah. Yeah. I thought other storylines. I keep thinking there's like red stuff with V, but it's just not interesting enough to talk about because no. it's so on the surface and so like just basic mob boss type stuff. Um, there's who else is there? Stuff with no Norma is just in the background. There's so many like just background players yeah. in this thing as well. It about like maybe a couple of little moments I really enjoyed sure. that they did. I loved. Um, I think her name's Maria and her silent boyfriend and their baby oh, and the little visits. Now, that was wonderful. That's a great yeah. example of like uh, that. what there's like we see them like three or four times maybe mm. and there's an evolution of like yeah. a story there. It reminded me of an episode of Community where Abed has a whole storyline that happens in the background mm. where you see him like uh, start – hitting on this girl, I think it is, and then she's having... Oh, no, he's with this woman and she starts having a baby and he has to like deliver the baby and stuff like yeah. that. And he asks, Shirley, that's where you've been. He's like, oh, I've been around. Mm. And that all happens in the background. If you're not paying attention, you won't even notice it. Yeah. And we just, throughout this season, it's like this little background story yeah. that it's really is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, the moment where he's talking about reading the book... With the baby, I was just like, oh, wow, that's fucking, mm, yeah. that worked. Yeah, I'm like, this is weirdly making me super emotional to think about. And that's what's crazy is like you look at that and you go, oh, the writers get it. They have the ability to do it. They understand yeah. the basic constructs of a story and what it takes to get to an emotionally satisfying moment. Mm. They can do it in three 30-second scenes in a season. Yeah. Um, and it will work on me, but they can't make V a good character. I just don't get it. Or they insist on having fucking parry, porry. <laughs> Another little moment. And this is like, this is not as good, but I just love, it just kind of builds the world a little bit. The I think it's, his name's O'Neill, the guard. And he's like, one, he's always like trying to lose weight and like on crazy diets and like doing his steps and stuff. I love how that was like put throughout the season as well as his relationship with the lady guard. Um, they're kind of, Dynamic, dynamic together. I just like love those little bits, and then ultimately when it comes to the end, when like he's with the nuns and he's yeah, singing beautiful song yeah. and a little ukulele, he became a character. Yeah, he, this he was, season they just made fun. him a little more layered. Yeah, there was the bit um, when they were there was a, that was a very funny episode actually where they were talking about the uh, the holes, the lady bits, and. Yeah, uh, I didn't like that, but yeah. Oh, I I don't know. I I thought it was goofy, funny, whatever it was. Yeah. But this bit where I thought it was a little too goofy, funny. Sure. Yeah. Is it uh, Sophia? I'm getting the name mm-hmm. right. Thank you. She's like showing them the bits, and he and he. Yeah, she he's goes taking notes. She goes. This is the clitoris, and it's just his face is just yeah. like. Oh, I need to engage <laughs> he's in like, this. Oh, interesting. All and right, they, all right. yeah, yeah, and yeah. they they come back to that joke later. Yeah, is like do. I learned I something some about things. ladies' anatomy <laughs> that you might find stimulating or enjoyable or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was a good little callback. Yeah, that was that was funny for what it was oh i liked when penzataki called her um meth head friend a potato with eyes yeah yeah that, like that was really good um edward pizza hands also really enjoyed that <laughs> i really do like the meth heads i like that one in particular like the really dumb the one really, the brunette yeah, yeah, yeah she's, she's really funny. so good so good uh stop pretending that your podcast is work that hurt <laughs> Yeah, that was a little too real. That was yeah. a little too real for me. <laughs> uh, what else was there? It's 
It's hate speech. It's meant to be hateful. hateful it's not meant to be accurate. accurate. Yeah, that was very good. I really liked that line yeah. as well. I thought that was very funny. Uh, yeah, there was some good. There was some good zingers in there for sure. I'm trying to think if there's any other really good ones. Uh, I'm just gonna bring up. It's procedure. Don't look for logic. What was what bit was that? That was in episode nine. Uh, I can't remember who said it actually. I just put it down because I thought it was funny at the mm. time. Sorry, no context. <laughs> no context. No needed. context. Uh, in the first episode, when Piper gives away her panties to that guy, and then she oh, finds yeah. out who he is, and she's like, "He's a hitman." Oh, thank God! I thought he was a rapist. I'm that, so relieved. Yeah. <laughs> Great. You're like a pedophile without the sex. That's good. Line. Yeah, I thought yeah, that, was that was really good too. So, what was the context of that one was um, V was coming at Perse in the library, right. and Perse is like, yeah, telling her what's yeah, what. Yeah, that one I thought was great. That's right. Sorry, yeah, the Pensataki line is it's a metaphor, you potato with eyes. Which <laughs> <laughs> is <so> good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a little bit sad we didn't get more of those. Kentucky type lines. Oh, she, oh, she's just amazing. I th- yeah, I think Taryn Manning is so talented. Under just underutilized this season. Yeah. After what they where they're going with her. I, mm. Yeah, I just I really find that interesting that after such a potent ending that involved her last season, mm. such a build up to just yeah. sort of go, man, no, we're not going to really go anywhere too crazy with that. Um, yeah. All right. Just one more thing before we move on. Something you talked about last episode was that. Depictions of race mm. uh, would become an issue potentially later down the line. That we were sort of yeah. Uh, yeah, championing the issues, yeah. we were championing the first season for not necessarily playing the obvious card when mm-hmm. it came to. I mean, there were certain things we could say were maybe problematic or obvious or stereotypical or whatever, but mm. generally they were doing a good job of avoiding that. Um, and but you su- seem to suggest or hint that it might be something that p- people found more problematic later. I wanted to know, was this the season where that became an issue? I wondered whether the black part of the mm. uh, of the prison becoming the criminal element to a degree mm. was part of that. That they ended up being exactly what I said. I was glad they weren't last season, which is like the thugs. They became the thugs, yeah. essentially, this season. Was that part of it? Um, I mean, I am sure that this show's depiction of race has a lot of people concerned or who have issues with it in all seasons. Oh, okay. I, have, I have no doubt about that. Uh, but no, when it became like a really big thing, a really big conversation was later on down the, down the line. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Do you have any other notes, anything we've missed so far that you want to talk about before we start talking about our favourite and least favourite episodes? Um, oh, yeah, just, I mean, just going back to talking about things we love is a quote by, what's her name, Neri? Who's like the Piper's sister-in-law? He's married to a oh yeah yeah, brother. yeah 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 when they go and visit them and she's like just sitting in the waiting room oh yeah and she's like I tell you what I find most disturbing is that it looks e- almost exactly like my old high school in here same cinder block construction low ceilings oppressive fluorescent lighting I wonder if that's intentional like part of the punishment if so kudos to the government because it's genius I like, that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty good I like that too it yeah. did make me wonder actually it, 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 that was one of the lines where I was like this show's getting is it getting goofier is it getting like I mean I think that character's always been like yeah, and Cal have always been insane I guess it was just it was the way the show like just cut to the waiting room oh I back. see the editing of it yeah yeah and all those sorts of things they were almost like um, like a family guy side it's yeah. like it was just such a like yeah it really reminded there me there and um, back Happy endings. They did that a lot as well. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly that yeah, sort of that's thing. Scrubs true. or something like that. I was like, yeah. it's getting really like goofy in that yeah, in that that's aspect. True. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just thought I 
noticed that as well. And there was there was more. I don't know specific examples, but I felt like that was it wasn't just there. There were a few times like yeah. this is getting I mean, silly I, at points. I think maybe could be a part of it is that for their Emmy nominations, they were always they are always they always put themselves in the comedy. Um, I mean, it's category. funny. It it's is funny. funny. We didn't talk maybe about Big a, Boo maybe, at all. I love. Big Boo. Little Boo? Little Boo. Big Boo. Big Boo. Big Boo? Big, Big Boo. Boo. Yeah. Little Boo, Boo is the dog, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boo, I, it always makes me laugh. I think she's really funny. Like her stuff, the way she's like uh, hitting on oh, anyone basically in the, yeah. in the place is always funny. I, I, per- I too personally find her very funny. Um, and doing research, um, a lot of lesbians do not like her this season. I oh. find her really like misogynistic and gross and awful. But I fuck, I think it's funny. Like honestly, I think it's really funny. And they particularly have a problem with Nikki and Big Boo's sex competition. Their game, yeah. I'm like, these women these women are in prison. They've got nothing to do with their days. Like, oh, like, sure, yes, it's problematic. But can we just have like a little bit of fun? What? Uh, why is it problematic? Um, just because it's like predatory, and there's like all this stuff against like predatory like lesbians, and yeah, and it's misogynistic the way they talk about women and all this stuff. Yeah, Equal I mean, I, I do right? not. Surely, surely, lesbians have the right to be like, <laughs> uh, te- like Ted or uh, what's his name? Um, legendary. What's his name from uh, How Much Your Mother? Uh, oh, not Ted. Not the other guy. Oh. Patrick Harris's character. Barney. Barney. Surely, surely lesbians have the right to be like Barney. Oh, you're about to be lynched. <laughs> it's not how they feel. I mean, it's not really how I feel I mean, women, Okay, women have the right to be like Barney. No, no. I mean, uh, uh, yes, I agree that misogyny is misogyny. And whether it comes from the lips of a woman or a man, it's still misogyny. And it's still bad for women in general and the world in general. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree. I agree. This is a comedy show. These women are in prison. They have nothing to do. One of them used to be a heroin addict. The other is like, I don't know, just lonely and hilarious. And who cares? Like, it's not something to get up in arms about. It's really not. Anyway, that's my opinion. (laughs) Whoa. I mean, yeah, you can be very concerned with it and have a very strong opinion about it. But ultimately, like... This show is not your enemy. And yes, you can critique things and that's very important. But fuck, have a laugh, you know. Thank you, Louis C.K. <laughs> uh, all right, let's start wrapping this up. This has been a long episode. Favourite and least favourite episode, starting with you, Damascus. We've already talked about our favourite episode. We have. I'm just going to do a rundown of my notes on my favourite episode, which is episode eight, which is Rose's episode. Appropriately sized pots is mm-hmm. the name. Is, it, is the name of the episode? Yep. So, my notes are, I love the character of Rosa. She lived her life on her own time. She was hungry for money and excitement, and now she's living this stagnant life, slowly dying, and that is heartbreaking to me. I also enjoy Caputo crack up and attack the greenhouse, but he's still two steps behind Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The newspaper is formed, and the dynamic is they put together an article. Yeah, that's amazing. Flucker's advice column about how to, like, beat up your roommate amazing <laughs> uh piper gets checked by sophia about furlough talking about her dying father and how closure is hard to come by and makes it really clear why everyone has a right to be bitter about that situation and her getting furlough 
Uh, Fisher is fired because she's too good for this world. She's a lovely conversation with Nikki who tells her to leave because she can and no one should choose to be in a place like that. Certainly not someone who has a clear sense of right and wrong. V tries to convince Gloria not to trust Red, but Gloria knows what's up and calls them both scorpions. And I just love any, any scene with Gloria. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, she's, she's just great. And it's it's a sad she doesn't always have a lot to do. No, but oh, she's, there was a she's great a, she's just a I don't know, steady presence. Yeah, there was a great scene where um Gloria's getting her hair cut by yeah. Sophia. And um Sophia's like, Oh, what about we do something like really bold, a haircut that says like, Don't fuck with me and she's like I like, use my face for I that. Use, yeah, I thought that was great as well. <laughs> that was very like good. Um, yeah, so Piper gets on her grandstand about furlough and acknowledges white privilege, but that she's still a person and wants to see her grandma. And that is wonderfully undercut by Suzanne throwing pie at her, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Healy tells Piper to pull her head in and that scene with him is really great and he actually does some good counselling. Um, and yeah, we get that heart-wrenching scene with Rosa. Um, which I quoted earlier. It's just a yeah. great episode. It really is so solid. For me, it's particularly the Rosa stuff. Yeah, of course. It's just of course. so, so good. And I came away from the discussion. This is a really yeah. good episode. I just wanted to like put out notes that wasn't just me gushing about Rosa so cool. I could remember all the elements that worked for me. Yeah. Great. Um, just while you mentioned it as well, we didn't really talk about furlough. What did you feel about the furlough bit about Piper essentially getting out for an episode? Um, at this point in the story, I kind of felt like it was a little bit early. I was like... Mm. Uh, this could have been more effective if A, we hadn't seen so fucking much of the outside. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. And if, yeah, I mean, if, it, if it, I think if it come at this point, but we just hadn't seen so much of the outside, it might have been more effective. Mm. Um, yeah, it was an interesting I, thing to put into the show. It's like, oh, Piper can just get out occasionally and uh, go and interact with people. That's, uh, <laughs> I think it maybe would have been a little bit more interesting if, say, it was either slightly earlier when she's still really rattled by like the Penzataki stuff and like, oh, what, like, who am I? Or a bit later when more stuff happens. To, stuff that I don't know about yet? Yeah. Um, don't don't tell it. Don't no, tell I'm, not, I'm obviously not going to say it. And I'm not even saying that anything does happen that would. Sure, but okay. I'm saying like in the future, if like some really bad shit happened and then she gets out and having to like deal a with like the changed shock Piper. Yeah. 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 I mean I yeah, think it would have hasn't yeah. been long enough. Yeah, it hasn't been long enough. Well they didn't really get a chance I mean it just wasn't a focus. Like she gets out and she wants to have a burger and a beer. She drinks a bunch of wine. Yeah. And then it's like whatever. I mean I was disappointed that she decided to eat a burger and have a beer on a bridge some random place in New York. Did you like, notice it was a burger from the place that Taste used to have a job, the burger joint? I didn't notice that. It was that. like called Storky's or something. becoming lost all of a sudden. And I also wondered if like the bodega that she went to to get the beer was Gloria's old bodega. Uh, but I kind of hoped it was. But I, I'm almost waiting for that actually is for like, I keep thinking in these flashbacks, when is a character I know going to walk <laughs> in and just be there? Yeah, because just walk around in the background. Yeah. I'm happy they don't do that because the last yeah. thing I want this to do is make it look like the actual the outside world, world is, is so, so small. small. Yeah. yeah. That would be Bad. Don't be lost. <laughs> don't have Hurley be serving, you know, a character that we know. Or whatever. I don't yeah. remember the specific examples of Lost, but it did happen. Mm. It's like they were all on that same fucking, obviously, plane and they interacted a million times in their own lives. Yeah. Uh, least favourite episode. You go first, Brod. Um, I've chosen Comic Sans as my least favourite episode. What episode number was that? Uh, episode seven. It's the one where it's Cindy's backstory, which I quite liked for what it was. I love Cindy. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like That stuff was good. The Okay. okay. This is why. I'm just looking through back through my notes. Um, 
let's just shut down all the outside of Litchfield stuff right now. It's just belongs in a different show. There is so much more interesting stuff going on. Fucking Staler's relationship dramas can be on an NBC show or something. Um, fucking Larry is the least, least interesting by country mile character. That And mm-hmm. because, I honestly, as you said, it's hard for me to distinctly remember what happens in each episode. So, many of the yeah, stories make together. They blur together. So, episode seven goes down as a bit of a martyr uh, or as goes down as a bit of a um, scapegoat here. It's mm-hmm. just the episode that best represented my feelings about. <laughs> Fair enough. Pori. I think so that's pretty valid. That's it. Yeah. My least favourite is episode six. I cannot remember the title. It's the that was pus- almost my least yeah. episode. It was the Pusey one. It's the Valentine's Day one. It's all about love. Yes, yes. That I was oh. this close. I hated the whole like, like what is love? The to interview you? bits mm, did oh. not like that at no. all. I thought that was. It's just been done, and it's so like ugh, yucky. The only one I was like I liked was um, oh, what's their name? Flucker and her friend, the two young Latinas. Oh, yeah. The, yeah they're talking yeah, yeah. about, like, you know, having a pizza and stuff. Like, that's funny, but, like, it, it does not need to be. This, that whole segment needs to be cut. The segment awful. where they're doing the interviews need to go. It completely, Straight yes. up need to go. Um, the bit I, I – what I liked about that episode, though, to give it some credit, is that it was interesting just talking about, like, everyone has that connection or that desire for love, theoretically, and – I think the show could have really easily and a lot of times just started to hook up women to sort of make them. But yeah. what they did well, I think, is maybe go towards that and then pull back and go, not everyone's a fucking lesbian yeah. or is bi. Yeah, they do and that with okay. the, that, those two girls. Those they're, two they're specifically. They're really sad and they have this moment and they have amazing chemistry. It's they absurd. Do. And they start like kissing and I'm just like, yes, my little gay heart is fluttering. And then they like laugh and it's like, no, because no. like, yeah, like friendship is just as beautiful and, and important. And as it wasn't a tasty Poussey promise problem where like Poussey is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, she's yeah, heartbroken she's, yeah. inside. They were just both like, Pfft. no, this is not who we are. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot go down for the puss. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, that was good. I also just did not like the flashback. Uh, Poussey stuff. I did not like it. I have seen that before. I have seen the exact scene where. A parent walks in, doesn't realise their child's gay. Their child is having sex with someone of the same sex. Oh, no, heartbreak. Now we're being ripped apart. Oh, I hate being gay. It's so hard. I've I've seen it before. Sorry. Not interesting. Do you know the bit that made me interested in that storyline, though? What bit? She's got a fucking gun and she's going to shoot a guy. That seemed a bit extreme. It does. It does seem a bit extreme. And that's what was interesting, though. It was like, because I was with you that whole way. And then, but the little bit that made it at least slightly interesting was this, Poussey has apparently a violent edge that I'm not aware of necessarily. She is so sweet and innocent or seemingly, like she's so just like, she seems so non-threatening at any one moment, basically. Um, even though she says some home truths to V that I'm very proud of her for saying. Mm. Um, the If that moment felt true... In any way, sure. I might okay, be on board sure. there, but it, it didn't. If, I it think honestly felt it like help. a Degrassi episode a little bit. And don't get me wrong, I love Degrassi, but it's not Orange is the New Black. And it, yeah, it just, it didn't do it for me. And I love Samira Wiley. I think yeah. she's incredible, but 
And also, I thought actually that originally that this episode was written in the way that it was written. It was the story that it was, or the exact specifics were, because she knew German. I was like, oh, they just want to show. That's what I thought too. She did not know German. (gasps) She She was fucking convincing. She did so much like work on getting that right. Um, Isn't that amazing? That is incredible. Mm. Two things that just popped into my head about early in the season I'd forgotten as Mm. well. Um, In episode two, I think it is, is where they've got, they're doing the uniforms for, is it the uniform thing? And then they've got to do the interviews. Oh, yes. That's the second episode. Second episode, right? That's episode, yeah. There's, they keep, they do this thing again that they have been, they've, they've started to do this and I don't mind them because I think they're controlling them a little better. Remember last season I had a problem with, the auditions for the pageant went on for way too way fucking too long. long. Yeah. They're still doing that where they'll have a bunch... Because they've, they've got this amazing ensemble, they just sort of put a bunch of them in a, in the same situation and mm. see where it goes. But I'm finding them more successful because they're not going so long. Although the interview one got close. Yeah. It started to drag a little bit. I was like, can you cut this soon before this becomes excess? Sometimes it feels like they're trying to be a bit too funny. Yes, that's it. And line that's what I'm after line after line after line. Like, oh, no, that's no, no, no. That's hey, not real life. Comedy. That's, yeah, that's too much. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point. It also just reminds me, this is the problem with Netflix not having time limits on their shows. This is why, A, a that last episode didn't need to be now 30. Fuck oh, I've got off. a great example of it being too. Yeah, oh, Arrest Development now. Season 4? No, no, about Orange is the New Black being too long. This. A moment in the first episode when Piper first gets to Chicago and they have the Chicago montage. Oh, yeah. That goes for way too long. I was kind of enjoying it because I've been to Chicago. I was like, oh, I've been there. I've been there. Oh, you were doing was. the annoying tourist thing. I yeah, was. Sure. But that went for way too long. And the song about it being Chicago, I was like, all right, this should have ended at least 10 seconds ago. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you ever want an example of why Netflix, why time limits are really good. Restrictions are good on art. Like having limited time helps to tell a story. Excess does not help. Uh, Arrest Development Season 4, well, I think there's a lot of good stuff in there that they needed time limits on those episodes. They, I need to rewatch Some of them that. go for 40 or 50 minutes and you're like, this is... What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, I must have blocked some it out. Massively long episodes in there. Oh, they don't dear. need to be. Um, finally, a word got mentioned in episode two. Finally, that hadn't been mentioned before. Oh, what? Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Larry mentions it almost offhandedly, almost mm. jokingly. Or oh, bye. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it got used finally, it and did. we discussed that that wasn't a thing in season one at all. Just yes. the idea that someone could be bye was yeah, not good, good pick up inconceivable. On that. Yep. Okay. Anything else we want to say? Oh, we, well, let's get to our final scores. Final score and ranking. Uh, so I'm going with 3.5. So it's lower than season one. Yeah. It's still full of really, really good stuff. The characters are still, for the most part, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great show, but it does have problems. The episode length is a big problem. The character of V is a big problem that I can't get past. So, yeah, it's definitely a 3.5. What about you? I'm the same. I gave it a 3.5 as well. I'm kind of edging towards a three. It's a low 3.5. Yeah, me too. It's, I, I think there's enough great stuff here that that helps a lot. The Rosa stuff alone almost um, gets me there. But you're right. V mm. is such a massive problem. It's got a problem with excess time and not enough things to fill it in. It's um, such a shame. It because be like, dragging. There is gold here. And I just want to like sift through it and like bring it to the surface and be like, this, is the, this is the show. This is the show. Yeah. Because it's got so much more gold than a billion other shows yes. do. 
But unfortunately, because like you said earlier, they don't have the limitations that certain other shows do, that it gets really, it gets weighed down. It's, that's the reason it can't go below a 3.5. There is too much good stuff in there, but there is just excess. Mm-hmm. It just needs yeah. to be trim the fat, just yeah. cut the excess. And you would have a much slimmer, tighter, more interesting show. Uh, so ranking it, that puts it below season one. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think I put season one as four stars. So that that's the same with me. Um, do I want to keep watching? I do. Um, but I really hope that season three fixes some of its problems. I looked ahead, and both the next seasons are both thirteen episodes. I was kind of hoping there might be an eight episode season or something in there. They may have like because I know Louis got one of those coming up. Mm. Um, Louis doesn't have the same problem because they're only twenty two episodes. Yeah, no, Louis a breeze. Yeah. yeah, but sometimes seasons start doing that. They start like actually having less episodes mm. for specific for different reasons. And honestly, this show could do with it, but that's yeah. not the case. So hopefully, it's more um, compelling going forward. Mm. Predictions, hopes or concerns. Uh, Alex is coming back into the show. I'm looking forward to that. I predict that Red is going to find out that Piper lied to her and that will become a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking hope that de- uh, V is dead um, mm-hmm. and doesn't come back into the show because she's not interesting enough for it. I You just want heaps of Dyer and Bennett, right? You just want that. Dyer and that's just all yeah, I want. Heaps of that, just yeah. just the whole show can be mm-hmm. Dyer and Bennett. The Dyer yeah. and Bennett show. Yeah, good. Would be gr- no. Uh, can we get that fucking baby out of her and get him in jail or something soon? Get this over and done with. Um, I, I'm praying that Porry is out of the show. Mm. I'm going to be furious if they are <laughs> even even a, a skerrick of the time that they got in season one. They just mm. do not need to be there. If we, I would love it if somehow almost the entire show was spent inside the prison. I can understand if we have to follow some of the, like the admin home or something like that, but at least keep people who are relevant to the prison on yeah. camera at all times. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think what else I think might happen in there. I wonder if Tasty and Poussain might... Uh, there might be a relationship that builds there somehow. If Tasty might come around to Poussain, I'm not sure. <laughs> um <laughs> It's really hard to like make my face blank when yeah. you're listing off things that may or may not happen. So that may or may not happen? Yeah, yes, obviously. it may or may not happen. <laughs> that was sure. a redundant phrase. Um, I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head. I'm trying to think, are there any obvious uh, things left hanging? I hope Pensatucky gets to do something more interesting next season. Mm. Caputo um, in charge now. Yeah, that I'm looking forward to. Mm. What that means, because I think there's an interesting story there about someone who ostensibly looks like, at least, that he wants to actually make a positive change. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a pretty compelling story as to how hard that might be and that how will beat someone down. It's been foreshadowed that that will be the case. And I'm looking forward to seeing that story, Drake's story, play out. Um, all right. I think I think that's it. That actually ended up being quite a long episode. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> I hope it's I hope it's not. Ju- Why I mean, do you say sorry as if they don't expect it by now? That's true. Uh, Damascus is like back. This, this is the podcast. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because somehow when Liam and I were just on, we were getting these one hour thirty episodes out for some Ooh. reason. I think it helps that please like me is like a much shorter show. Yeah, and, that's true. And all those sorts of things. But they were like a minute 30 on the dot. They were mm. slick, baby. And then we, you come back in and we're just we like... We just waffle on. Talk, 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 talk. Yeah. If you would like to contact us, you can do so on Facebook. 
by searching for Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast or Hunting's Cast. You can email us at Hunting Seasons Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis, B G O R D E S, Damask. Masky Moo, M A S K Y M O O. Thank you to Sean Kirkpatrick for our wonderful Hunting Seasons logo and graphics. You can find his work at Sean Kirkpatrick designs.portfolioBox.net or by going to his Instagram account which is Shawnee Boy Draws. Also thank you to Jordan Calavis for writing and performing our fantastic theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classic jrex. That's J-R-E-X. Please, 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 if you have not done so yet, please consider reviewing us on iTunes. You do not understand how important it is to help the show get seen by other people. Thank you very much for listening to Hunting Seasons. Once again, we will see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Okay, speaking of the other couple that's just full of chemistry in this season, let's talk about Dia and Mendez for a second. Dia, Dia, Dia and Mendez. That. I wrote it down. Dia and, and Mendez. Bennett. It's- oh, fuck. Which one's Mendez? <laughs> uh, Mendez is porn stash. Is that, that's that who you uh, meant? I don't, no, I don't. I meant Bennett. Thank you. Uh, I got them wrong. You got them both wrong. It's Dyer, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Okay. I was getting better at the names too. I'm really disappointed with that. That's really funny though. All right. So let's- I I kind of love that you got them both (laughs) wrong. I'll put it in the outro. I'll put it at the end, all right? (laughs) Okay. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.